and welcome to the 1-1, your West Australian racing podcast. I'm BJ Ryan. Episode 60 is proudly sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter at Betfair. As always, I'm teaming up with the one and only Perth racing guru, Terry Layton. G'day, Terry. G'day, BJ. Episode 60. Mm. Surprises me every time you tell me what episode we're up to. I really should just um, probably be less surprised seeing as it's just going in numerical order. But uh, episode 60, good job. Another milestone hit. Another milestone. We're doing well. We're doing well. It's it, It's been a big week in WA Racing and there's a big week ahead. Especially you sound with, like Eddie Maguire. I know, especially with the Australia Day celebrations coming up and uh, Bunbury Turf Club meeting on Tuesday. But mm-hmm. uh, we've got the Australia Day Trophy meeting at Ascot this Saturday. Champ. And uh, it'd be remiss of us not to mention that the Perth Racing Guru has two runners on the day. Is that right? Yeah, we do. We got the two in. We had one in yesterday, the Slug, and a slashing third at, uh, at a big price. The Slug's a pretty slow horse, unfortunately. But uh, look, that was better than we'd uh, hoped for yesterday. And yes, we got B Optimistic, a first starter for El Fernie in race two, um, who we think has got a bit of talent. Probably don't know if this will be her race. Um, we'll get to that in the preview. But mm-hmm. then we've obviously got the champ. Uh, he's got the two balls down. Booney's at back pad, and we're hoping he can take a little grab and get the hat trick. Mm. Did you get that analogy? Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, excited about the day. We'll get out there and uh, have a bit of fun. Dig deep. Dig deep, yeah. Mm. I, I don't think it's his race, but again, we'll touch on that later. But uh, look, he's a, he's a fighter, isn't he? Yeah. Just knows how to win. He does. He just, he's yeah, the people's horse after he, all. He finds a way. Uh, you mentioned El Fernie, Luke Fernie. Mm. Newhard, brave. Mm, brave. Uh, the land of the brave. Bit of a, this, so this is the, the podcast horse. The podcast horse, yeah. Yep. There's a bit of a whisper floating around that she might be stepping out next Wednesday. I think that is going to be the case. For now, let's just whisper it. Yeah. We'll just whisper it. Yep. We won't, uh, we won't Confirm. yell it. Yep. Um, yep. But yes, I think she'll be stepping out next Wednesday and Luke's very excited. I've taken a very, so I think we've, we've, we've basically put the hammer down and yep. she's sold. Uh, I've taken a big chunk, probably more than I'd intended to take. Yep. Um, so if somebody did want to get in very late, they are welcome to come and Nick, a little bit of mine, but uh, we're very excited about what's to come next Wednesday, BJ. So watch this space and uh, don't watch her go around, win by four and go, shit. Yes. I should have been in. So yeah. then I'll just charge a triple. Shoulda, coulda. Exactly. Woulda. Right. Shoulda, coulda, yeah. didn't. Exactly. So I did knock up some prospective 1 1 colours. You did. Late night. Very uh, pale jockey. <laughs> it was a very pale You look like me in the saddle. Um, we see through just a bit. I was up late. Translucent. Up late designing jockey colours the other mm. night. So, but post this podcast, we're yeah. going to sit down, we're going to rank them, and we're, we're going to come up, come up with some uh, colours that have to get ordered. I don't think they're going to make it for next Wednesday, but hopefully for a second up assignment, uh, Neward, Newhad will be wearing the 1-1, the one, one, our very own colours. Terry. We might eat some vegan risotto with that, BJ, which uh, I've got for you in the fridge today. No, no steak sandwiches today, but a bit of a, a bit of vegan risotto. What a pivot. Is, uh, steak yeah. sandwiches for breakfast yep. last week. Now we're heading to the vegan. So what's what's inspired this sort of this change? Uh, of- it was cooked for me by my uh, female friend, actually. So you were just lucky enough to, uh, we're lucky enough to have enough left over to... Uh, to feast on it this very, morning. Very thoughtful that you left well, something. Well, it is, it is. I'm, well, once you've tried it, you can tell me you enjoy it, but uh, <laughs> no, it's lovely. So Anyway, we, let's move on. We have the Bunbury Turf Club CEO, Alex Doble, coming mm. up, coming on the show for a quick chat soon. But before we do that, we probably need to touch on a couple of things from last weekend. Firstly, you've already made a couple uh, quip about the... Uh, quip? About cricket. Mm. Uh, what do you think of the... I was cheering for India. Yeah, I couldn't help it. I, I I love an underdog story. I we should have yeah, we should have been unbeatable, really. But uh, no, I shut up shop early on Tuesday, sat in the couch, and um, 
Geez, I enjoyed watching that. That was tremendous stuff. To see a team try and chase 300 in the last day is uh, something you, uh, yeah, you just wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't read about. So uh, interesting of, uh, how the knives are out and they're, uh, they want to get Timmy. They, they think he declared too early. Then they think he, uh, sorry, they think he declared too late. And then they're, he can't, I think, he can't win at the moment. He can't Timmy win. He's, he's, he is a pretty ordinary captain though. I think you'll find with some of his decision making processes, but um, gee whiz. Yeah. And no, I just think we were beaten by a, a better team on the day. It's not the end of the world. No, nah, it's not people, the end of the world. It was a great, great series. Tremendous viewing, wasn't it? And a bit of soul searching required from the Aussies but uh, but yeah um, it was good to see some uh, test match cricket alive oh. and, and well but what I'm leading into mm. a gentleman by the name of Damien Leopold keen WA racing um, individual actually enthusiast, just, enthusiast and he just missed I was just going to say he just missed out on winning the get out stakes last Saturday mm. so this could have been the, 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 sun, the, the weekend oh. to end all weekends what's for, he done for Damien, and I think he races a few horses with Gary Crispin, actually, mm-hmm. and might even uh, have had a, quite a bit of success with the Crispin Racing Stables. You'll appreciate this because mm. being the cricketer that you once were. Well, I stood on a cricket field for long periods of time. Several, you, several premierships? I don't know if you'd call me, oh, six or seven. I, yeah. I don't know if you'd call me a cricketer, though. It's a leader of men, DJ. Damien Leopold. Average 40 with the ball and five with the bat, probably. Anyway. Looks continue. like he's playing for the Serpentine Jaredale Blues mm. Cricket Club. There you go. Take three for, four for? Catch these figures <clears throat> 11 overs, seven maidens, 10 wickets, conceded eight runs. Expensive in those four hours, <laughs> wasn't he? Yeah. That's not a bad little, uh, yeah, that's not a bad. Uh, that's that incredible. doesn't read poorly, does it? Incredible stuff. Did they bat with their guide dogs or how did that, uh, I don't know. How did that eventuate? Well, that's that's good stuff. What does he bowl? Do we know? Not sure. Not have sure. have to be quick, wouldn't it? It'd have to be a little, just on a good length, nipping away. Yeah, what would you suspect? Looks like he, I think he's captain, coach. The word obviously, Damien's no mug when it comes to bowling waving from both ends. bowling from both ends. Was he? Yeah, I'm not sure, but he's he's cleaned them up. That's, ten for uh, yeah, that's impressive stuff. Ten for eight, you'd take that, wouldn't you? At the start of the day, if someone said, "I'll give you ten for eight, you go, yeah, right. Oh. Imagine if you won the get out stakes as well. Oh, like, oh, geez, right. ten for eight in a stake. <laughs> gee whiz, well, I couldn't get any better, could it? <laughs> that's it. But um, but that was that was last weekend. But the other major talking point from last weekend is this uh, photo finish drama that's been bubbling oh, away. I've seen you, you've got a little bit. Uh, you've had a little bit to say on that. I've, I was going to pipe up and say something. I thought no, BJ's uh, holding the fort here for uh, just being disappointed by what's occurring. But um, yeah, wow. Well, well, we were. We, I don't know if you, we were, we gave top of the mountain a bit of a spruik. I was uh, pretty keen top of the mountain, so I, I thought he won by a good length. Personally, BJ, I thought he uh, he cleared out, but um, no, gee whiz, not uh, not happy. He thought the race was uh, rigged, didn't he? <laughs> Eddie Rigg is is uh, he's kicked up a bit of a oh. stink after the um, the photo finish didn't go his way, so mm-hmm. it was. Top of the mountain and uh, Green and Shady was launching late and the official photo finish, cl- uh, for mine anyway, clearly shows a, uh, a small but um, clear margin to the inside horse, which was top of the mountain. But Eddie is, uh, is not happy. He's gone to the stewards and he's, he's hired a QC to uh, overturn the, the, the decision, which is outrageous. Um, he believes he's won the race outright. Um, feels like a little bit Trumpian to me, doesn't it, Terry? <laughs> I wonder if um, <laughs> wonder if uh, Donald's going to get Eddie and Tom Percy over to America and fly them in to try and reverse the election result, or that's, is that yeah, or is that or is that done and dusted now? 
Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else I need to. We need to say about this. He's just uh, yeah. He's sooking. It's just really good sooking as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's just an A-grade Toys Over the Pram <laughs> job, isn't it? He's, he's, he's not happy. I mean, no. he uh, for some context, Eddie Rigg is the – I think he's uh, – he's, uh, he's not short of a quid. Yeah, he's owner-operator, I think, of uh, of Geisel Park or Geisel Park Stud and they stand Verdigree, who's the sire of Green and Shady. Mm. And with the yearling sales coming up, I'm sure he was pr- probably pretty keen to get Verdigree on the uh, on the winner's board when it comes to two-year-olds this season. So it, the result obviously means a lot to Eddie, but sometimes you just got to accept the umpire's decision, don't you, Terry? Do you reckon, yeah, well, I didn't, but do you reckon in the catalogues it'll say should have, I did win or should have won? Uh, <laughs> decision, in, in, decision, uh, decision pending. Yeah, decision pending. <laughs> um, yeah, judge, judge has no eyes or something. But, but I, one thing I will say is I'm surprised that it has got as much traction as it has the the West Australian could have easily done their story on the sad day with with Eddie Rigg, um, you know, signalling his his displeasure with the result. But on the Monday, all they needed to do was publish a, a photo of the official photo, talk to the stewards, talk to the judge. The result stands, and that's the end of it. So Monday it's done, but all of a sudden it's Wednesday, Thursday. It's still rolling. It was on punters.com yesterday. Like it's it's gain traction and and what that does is eats away at the um faith and trust in in the photo finish software and the and the people running the show which is which shouldn't be happening so i think this could have been dealt with a bit better from um from a few different people in regards to this situation but grow up eddie grow up eddie grow up, <laughs> grow up eddie yeah that's i reckon that's the best way to summarize it in three words grow up eddie now moving on to something a bit more positive shout out to the fabulous Fabergino, she won again mm. down the Flemington Strait. She has three starts for three wins at the Flemington 1,000 metres now, Terry. Mm. She won again, uh, Jordan Child, 60 kgs, last Saturday, both her and Elite Street. We had Dan Morton on the show last week to discuss Elite Street. But, one for um, one? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Just in form. You come on the show and you find a leg. Well, Chrissy Parnham. Chrissy Parnham. Couldn't yeah. write a winner after that. Oh, yep. loser. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> after that. So, yeah, no, you, you, find a, you find a length. So they're lining up out the door to come it's, on it's in. Like, it's like putting the blinkers on, isn't it? Just yeah. get on get on the 1-1, one, one, extract a length e- or two. Exactly right. There might be a couple of trainers out there that, uh, that need that extra length or two at the minute. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're just uh, – we're here. We're here for your calls. So Fabergino and Elite Street will both – both be for now anyway. Both targeting the Black Caviar Lightning Stakes on February Saturday the thirteenth. Uh, just read in the paper during the week, of course, that Celebrity Queen mm. might be joining the Cerise and White invasion of Victoria this summer autumn. She's been nominated for the Newmarket Handicap. Of course, Celebrity Queen ran second in the uh, Winterbottom Stakes and also the Scahill Stakes before uh, before her break, and she may be joining Arcadia Queen, Regal Power, and perhaps Western Empire from a Cerise and White point of view. Not forgetting the Sean and Jake Casey combination. They might be heading east as well, Terry. Dom to shoot and Labor Rod um, looking at targeting feature races. Dom to shoot has even been nominated for the All-Star Mile. So Nerf so what are they? I mean, what are you? What are they trying to do there? I don't know how they're going to get votes, though. That's... No, I don't know how they're going to get votes or how finish within 20 lengths of the, the winner either, to be honest with you. But good on them. Got to aim high sometimes, I guess. Well, I wouldn't have thought Dom... To shoot, I thought that Australian Guineas, like Superstorm, yeah, ra- Superstorm that, ran second in the Australian Guineas last year. Dom to shoot could target that, and I know Labor Rod is a Super Vobus horse, so he's entitled to some some bonus. They've got a good bonus structure over there for mm-hmm. Vic, 
Vic bred horses and and Labor Rod falls into that category, so he might be able to um, might be a good little money making exercise on, on in that regard. But we've got plenty to look forward to over the next mm. month or two of uh, you know both East Coast and West Coast. But yeah, so looking forward to, to things heating up in in the weeks and months to come. But mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so we better get moving. Move on to talk all things Bunbury Turf Club with Alex Doble and uh, and yeah to see what's happening down in the southwest of this great state of Western Australia. And it's our pleasure to welcome Bunbury Turf Club CEO Alex Doble to the One One. Welcome to the show, Alex. Ah, oh, well, thanks for having us. So the, there's a bit happening. Bunbury at the BTC over the next month or two, actually the next year or two as well, Alex. So we just wanted to touch base with you um, to have a chat about some of the uh, innovations that are coming up, the big standalone Bunbury Cup Day. There's a redevelopment hopefully happening or you'll be able to tell us more about that, and uh, as well as the um, the significant success that the BTC Members Syndicate has been having recently. But um, I might just throw to the guru, the Perth Racing Guru, Terry Layton, because um, he's got a couple of a uh, couple of things he wants to have a chat to you about. Perfect. He's more just uh, throwing me under the bus here because I've been giving the uh, I've, I've had a bit of a tough start to the uh, to the Bunbury season as a um, as a punter, Alex. It's been a uh, it's been a difficult course to uh, to navigate for some reason this season. Is there is there anything different that's been done in regards to the uh, the curating of the track or uh, anything of that nature? I, basically, I'm just I'm looking for an excuse. I'm dying for an excuse. <laughs> Look, the only the only thing I can give you is we have changed up our fertilizer program so our our grass coverage has been probably a lot better than it has in previous years but yeah um other than that it's it's business as usual at bunbury's obviously you've got to be mindful of rail moves i I would note one of the real things this season especially over the summer is is wind and wind direction and also the 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 strengths of the wind so that i mean that i mean they're not excuses by any stretch but there has been some uh, unusual wind conditions on on certain race days Oh, that's what I needed. So I can blame the fertilizer. Okay. That's, you blame uh, the wind. You need to blame something. I need to blame uh, something. I'm, I'm dying to. I'm having a field day at Pinjarra, any other country track, but uh, Bunbury has just been uh, my Achilles heel. So um, we'll blame the fertilizer. I'll get in touch with the curator and hopefully we can go back to the uh, the fertilizer we were using last time around, because uh, last season, because that was uh, definitely working um, a bit better for me. But Alex, one thing I do want to ask about as well uh, is the Punters Challenge coming up on the 31st of January, um, 6000 bucks total prize money. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, and are there still tables available? Oh, there are. So this is the third edition of the Tab Touch Punters Challenge that we've run here at Bunbury. So yeah, it's been a really successful concept. It's always been really well received. There are tables still available at $1,100 a table. Um, those tables are um, set up for six people, individuals, so that includes food and beverage across the day and also $600 in betting vouchers that um, you get to keep any returns from those vouchers that you bet over the day. And then if you finish in the top three, you you get the access to the prize money. So 6000 six in total in prize money, uh, 3000 to the to winner, Two thousand to second, and a thousand dollars to the third place team. So, always a really hot, hotly contested uh, room, and uh, yeah, it creates great atmosphere on course. And it's yeah, as I said, been really well received over the last couple of seasons. I don't think people will be too desperate to uh, to get me on their table after uh, after I've just told <laughs> no, them how I've kicked off the spiel about Bunbury. Yeah, after how I've kicked off the spiel about uh, the BTC this year. But um, you know what they say, BJ? There's uh, 
form is uh, temporary, so I reckon we can turn it around by the 31st of January. But um, no, very much uh, looking forward to that. We're going to try and get down there at some stage, aren't we, BJ? We are. We are. So I'm surprised that we aren't already involved in this punters well, challenge. Terry might have to have a chat about this post, uh, post-podcast. Well, there's, there's still time. There's still time. Okay. There's still time. And obviously, uh, also, it's a really good day from a racing perspective with the, uh, the Breeders' Classic, listed Breeders' Classic on the day. And we've got a new sponsor with uh, Misty Valley Thoroughbreds, Greenfields Lodge. So uh, it's great to have a new sponsor on board and obviously a uh, pretty important race, you know, in the lead up to Magic Millions. So, again, great to have another uh, Southwest breeding enterprise on the, on the sponsors' board. And, yeah, we look forward to uh, looking after them Sunday week. Excellent, excellent. Well, we might have to convene Terry and see if we can get ourselves down there for Sunday the 31st of January. But something that we are very much looking forward to, Alex, and I imagine everyone at the BTC is as well, is the inaugural standalone Bunbury Cup Day, um, Saturday, March the 6th. A, um, Absolutely. Uh, can you give us a, a bit of history Quickly, Alex, this was a long time in the making. I know the club's been pushing, pushing for this date, for this opportunity with um, with that, with with Rawa and um, and just to get that, just to get this standalone opportunity for Bunbury Cup, Bunbury Stakes on a sad day. You must be thrilled and and very much looking forward to what should be an outstanding day of racing. Oh, look, yeah, it's been a long time coming. It's an absolute. It'll, it will be an absolute showcase day for the Southwest and racing in general. So. Yeah, look, it has been a long time coming. Um, plenty of people have helped along the way. Obviously, we think our product's really strong, and obviously we're not asking for a, a Saturday standalone every second week. We just really want one a year, uh, and we want to uh, showcase our best races on that on that day. So um, the local response has been outstanding, um, and I'm really looking forward to racing both our signature races on the one day. I'm just looking at the program at the moment, so it's a – it's a full Saturday meeting with uh, seventy thousand dollars stakes races and uh, a couple of the the West Speed and the graduation races as well. Was Saturday the sixth of March? Was that the day that the the club wanted? And and is that or is that just how it sort of fell within the um, within the programming um, by Rawa and the powers that be? No, I mean that was the race the weekend we targeted. Yep. Um, for the last couple of seasons, we've raced that weekend on the Sunday. Um, really, it was the path of least resistance obviously we've got to be really mindful and protective of, of black type scheduling through um which is predominantly done through perth racing so we saw that weekend as 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 an opportunity where it wouldn't upset or disturb black type patterns too much so we saw that as a real opportunity we like the early march time slot too because you avoid any conflict with the afl um the afl obviously is a huge beast and uh once we shifted to earlier March, we we noticed a significant increase to the crowds just avoiding the AFL. So I guess from a city point of view, the city of Bunbury point of view, it must be a huge thing. It just gives people the opportunity to come down on the Thursday or the Friday, stay in accommodation or with, or with family and friends, um, enjoy this, um, the race down a Saturday, then potentially go out in the city later that night and not have to rush back um, you know, to a Monday if it was a Sunday sort of thing. So I, I, the Saturday just makes a lot, a lot of sense for places like Bunbury and, and obviously the Kalgoorlie Cup's been a standalone uh, Saturday as well. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a significant event, isn't it, this, this opportunity for the Bunbury Turf Club? Oh, absolutely. It's a real chance for us to remain relevant in the local community. Obviously, uh, our midweek uh, meetings are very much uh, 
well attended by our absolute diehards and very loyal members. But again, uh, the opportunity to showcase the sport and and the industry in your own backyard on a standalone Saturday, I think it's uh, justly deserved. And yeah, we're look, really looking forward to um, um, putting on a great day on Saturday, the 6th of March, Bunbury. So this, this event is... Um something that you guys have been working towards for a very long time, but something also that's been in the pipeline for a while and, and unfortunately had to be delayed due to the, uh, the COVID situation that the, uh, the globe faced in uh, 2020. But can you give our listeners and, and the WA Racing public just a, an update on how the Bunbury Turf Club redevelopment is heading along and, um, and whether we're going to be seeing a new track and uh, new facilities and, and, and what's the... Um, and I guess what's the vision for the for the Bunbury Turf Club moving forward? Well, the vision's been there for, as you say, uh, for over ten years now. So um, a lot of good people have been part of the process over that time. Again, we've had a couple of false starts, and obviously we had a significant false start twelve months ago with uh, with COVID. But um, to be honest, it's probably a little bit of a blessing. It's it's allowed us an extra year to get our house in order, to get a lot of the pre approvals done that we were still sort of juggling at the time. Uh, so where we're at the moment, we are uh, evaluating the tender submissions, looking to award uh, the job in February for it to commence in April. So um, really exciting. And uh, again, we'll get through the cup and, and the races after that. But yeah, hopefully after the last race meeting, the, the bulldozers will move in and, and we can start the project itself. And so what's, what's the timeline from the bulldozers coming in to when, we will, when racing will return to the Southwest Bunbury Turf Club? Again, everything will be done construction-wise within 12 months. So we'll definitely have our trainers back on site within 12 months. From a racing perspective, we're going to allow 18 months. Obviously, uh, the grass or the turf itself will need time to consolidate. So um, I'm, sure, I I'm sure Terry will appreciate the new turf, Alex. So. Yeah, well, look, not only new <laughs> turf, but it's, it's going to be uh, you know, a properly designed racetrack. Yep. So. You know, at the moment, we, we're essentially um, racing on an old swamp that hasn't had a, too much work over its over its years in operation. So, again, to have a properly designed cambered racetrack, um, I think it will be a great benefit not only for a Bunbury but the whole industry. 100%. So does that mean that, you know, in a perfect world, Bunbury, the Bunbury Turf Club moving forward will be, uh, I suppose, capable of racing 12 months of the year? Uh, look, yeah, when we return, yeah, the intention is that we do race 12 months a year. So not only is it the surface, it's actually we're lifting the track around a metre in average around the whole circumference of the course. So that's essentially to get away from the water table and uh, put in the appropriate drainage that will ensure year-round racing at Bunbury. Well, that's super exciting. We've got a Bunbury Turf Club uh, um Standalone Cup Day, uh, the Bunbury Stakes, obviously the time on the Bunbury Stakes is on the same day as well. We've got this brand new racetrack to look forward to. Everything is extremely popular down in the south, uh, down in the southwest. Also, something that you, before we, um, before we move forward with, into our preview, Alex, something we need to touch on is the success, the, I suppose the roaring success of the BTC Members Syndicate. Can you, can you give our listeners a bit of an insight into, into how that works and, and for, for those 
uh, just tuning in, the BTC member syndicate has been involved in Nakovi with the Simon Miller stable, who um, was a very good filly and was recently sold as, as a broodmare. But uh, of late, La Farola from the Michael Lane camp is, uh, has won twice at Ascot and looks a very, very smart filly in the making. And, and you guys are involved in both those horses. Yeah, we are. Look, to be honest, if we if we sort of sat back at the start of this process and said we'll have two sort of city class, potentially stakes class horses, obviously we uh, would have laughed at each other. But yeah, as luck as have it, Nikovi, obviously a great start to to the promotion. Obviously, as a race club, we see it part of our role to promote ownership and to entice people to take that next step. Obviously, um, a race club, if you're here in a race club, you you enjoy racing. So to engage with our members and give them a relatively uh, inexpensive um, buy-in um, and give them the experience of uh, ownership, it is really, uh, it's really blossomed. So, again, on the back of some really good success on the track, we've been able to generate, you know, essentially, I had a look the other day, it's 50, 50 odd new owners that hadn't had a racehorse before have been involved with of um, across the three horses we have to date and obviously we'll be back at Magic Millions in February to buy into another one. That's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how, where you go from here, Alex. You've had Nakovi, La Farola. Easy game. <laughs> Easy game. Yeah. I, uh, oh, well, Nakovi, obviously, she went and she earned over 250 on the racetrack. She was stiff a few times, though. Probably, yeah. probably gave me my biggest thrill on the racetrack when she ran second on Oaks Day in Melbourne. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, she was a really good filly. Uh, obviously, she, uh, she succumbed to soundness issues um, and, um, was sold as a, as a brood, broodmare prospect to Queensland. So again, uh, she was sold as a as a broodmare for one hundred eighty five thousand a couple of months ago. So again, um, about to inform all our owners that there's a there's there's a payout at the end as well. So not only has she you covered beauty. all the bills, <laughs> enjoyed the ride, you, they're going to get money back as well. So uh, yeah, I, we couldn't have dreamed for a better start. And then obviously, Life Isle is sort of again uh, a really good. Philly in the making, so uh, Laney's keen to get her over more ground, so there's an outside chance she might um, back up for the Breeders' Classic mm-hmm. Sunday week at Bunbury, but uh, she's just having a little break at Amelia Park now with uh, with the eye, with one eye on the Oaks if she can uh, get through the ground. Well, the idea of the uh, the sales might be to uh, get the BTC owner syndicate into a uh, Bunbury Cup winner, perhaps for 2022, 23, 24. How's my maths here? 24, I reckon, 2024. That would be a, uh, a story and a half if we could, uh, if we could get the... Uh, the members into a winner of uh, one of the features, at least, at, uh, in Bunbury in a few years' oh, absolutely. time. Absolutely. Uh, it'd be a dream come true. And obviously, uh, I think the model really works well because obviously there's no, we're not really um, driven by commercial outcomes as such. So as you boys both know, sometimes the cheapest part of the horse is the initial purchase. It can be the ongoing uh, monthly fees that can, uh, can, can sting from time to time. So the model is basically that it covers – not only the purchase of the horse, but the uh, its uh, racing costs as a two and three year old entity. So uh, you pay your fee up front from day dot, and you don't get another bill f- for at least two years. So it's worked really well. 
Very exciting times down at the Bunbury Turf Club, Alex, and we we thank you for joining us here on the 1-1. Um, yeah, innovation, excitement, one eye on the future. Um, yeah, happy days down there at Bunbury. And, and Terry and I both look forward to to getting down there, Hope for, definitely for the standalone Bunbury Cup day and, and maybe might make a late charge down to uh, the Punters Challenge. In, not, in, in I'm going to deliver of... the new fertiliser on my way down there as well. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to. Well, we're only halfway through the season, so we've still got 10 meetings to go. So change a year, change a life. Exactly. Well, right. it's gonna, I'll just tell you, it's going to need to be a big 10 meetings for me to uh, to get it back at Bunbury. But uh, thanks very much for your time, Alex. Uh, we appreciate no, thanks, it. And we, um, we look forward to uh, seeing you shortly and, uh, and catching up down at uh, the BTC. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Good to have uh, Alex on, BJ. Very, uh, very affable young chap. I didn't get the opportunity to ask him um, what he thought about uh, one of my favourite Bunbury Cups of all time, BJ, and that was uh, Whipsaw back in 2010. I think he just won his maiden at his previous outing. It was backed off the absolute map to the exclusion of all others. And, um, yeah, there's a bit behind that story, I think. But when I think Bunbury Cup, I always think back to Whipsaw. Duly saluted, didn't he? Duly saluted. I think he won by about three that day. So, yeah, I think any, um, any reasonable form analyst would have struggled to have a Bunbury Cup winner coming out of a maiden. But, uh, <laughs> no, the, uh, the Mark Reed clan, they, uh, they knew. They did. They were, they were a bit, bit cleverer than most of the old Mark Reed operation, weren't they? That's, so, yeah, that's one word. <laughs> but, uh, but, yes, there's a lot of great memories from uh, the Bunbury Turf Club and um, looking forward to this redevelopment, Terry. Mm. This is uh, very exciting for West Australian racing in general. But uh, it is now time to partner with Betfair and preview this Australia Day trophy program. They might have to rename that the Dig Deep trophy well, if he happens oh, to he, salute. Tell you what, if he gets the hat trick, I'll be, uh, I'll be fairly loud on course. We can get a B-optimistic Dig Deep double. I reckon Betfair, that'll jump it. What will I jump at? 2740 to 1, I reckon, on well, the exchange. I think they'll both get the drifts. I think they'll both start a little longer. What price was the slug yesterday? The slug was about 60, 70 bucks on, on, on the fair. fair. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that probably, I didn't think that was long enough either. I had him 101 bucks. I had her 101 dollars, I should say. But uh, Well, shout out to part owner and breeder. Yeah, breeder. PK. Paul Huckle. Paul Huckle, a friend of ours, and is, I'm also part of a punter syndicate with uh, Paul Huckle and he mentioned on our WhatsApp chat last night that um, after having a series of slow horses he's he watched the replay 50 times of the slug running third last night <laughs> <laughs> uh, the worst. The, the, I, I don't want to be the devil. I don't want to be the uh, bearer of bad news. But because he rang me afterwards and I said, uh, he goes, oh, how good, how good. And I said, if you watch the race, it was the perfect ride from Jade, and she got into the race at the best time at the right part of the track. Everything else was stopping on the rail, so it's going to mean that we start significantly shorter than we should next start. It's the type of run I would look at from a review perspective and say well that horse is going to be under the odds next start because it was uh, embellished the run was a little bit but we ran third nonetheless i didn't back it each, i didn't back it each way either though geez you're a buzzkill you're right there was no need to say yeah, that was there no you just you just yes. d- dampened uh, uh, yeah. one of your one of yeah, your friends I did, actually yeah, i didn't want anyone else to be happy Jeez, so, yeah. <laughs> i'm a prick aren't i <laughs> no um so yes Getting back on track, we are recording the one one, the West Australian Racing Podcast, Terry, the West Australian Racing Podcast. At, it's eleven thirty on Thursday, the twenty first of January. Pinjaro is on this afternoon. Esperance tomorrow. Seen Another- to sin. Just gonna yell out. Just gonna yell one out. Yeah, seen to sin. Seen to sin. Odds are still. What's the time? Eleven thirty a.m. So yep. odds are still about three hours away. I've marked seen to sin because mm-hmm. you know basically the only place I'm making any money these days is. Uh, 
is somewhere deep country. Mm-hmm. Um, scene to sin, $2.70. So let's see what it goes up. Okay. Don't be afraid to have a, a little bit on and a board in race three. Very keen on the pair of them. So there you go. We're going to start with a couple. The Bay of Isles. Just the Bay of Isles. Yeah. yeah. And that's just, that's just yeah, there's a few more as well. But okay. we'll, just, we'll keep those under the hat. But, All uh, right. Jeez, right. love it down there. Follow the flocks. Mm. Follow the flocks. Uh, <laughs> Ascot Saturday, a huge 10 race Batavia sprint event, feature event. Geraldton, Crayfish Coast this Sunday. And as we mentioned, we've got a Bunbury Turf Club Australia Day meeting on Tuesday, January 26th. So there is a bit happening from a WA racing point of view. Okay, BJ, stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotel's WA Racing Mastermind and the Market City Meets Get Out Stakes competitions. Housekeeping time, Terry. If you'd like to read my pre-markets preview, the leg up, jump on to bestbets.com.au and or the Oz Race website, the leg up. It's been out since 7 a.m. this morning. Mm. Uh, not forgetting, two of the very best, Terry Layton, Daniel Cripps, combined powers for the Wild West video preview available on the Betfair Hub. Uh, that's betfair.com.au. Also, can you tell the listeners a little bit more about SEN Betfair Edge, Terry? Yes, Betfair Edge will be on uh, your radio, 6.57 a.m. That's the radio station, not the time, at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Saturday it's morning. It's confusing, doesn't it? It is, actually. Mm. The SEN Betfair Edge, there's a podcast available as well, so you can listen to that one. Uh, this morning... Might be. I'm not sure if we can, because it was a six-episode uh, contract I signed, so I'm not sure if we're continuing on, but I've decided to go out with a bang, and we have W. Pike on the show on uh, on this weekend. So excited to have a chat to Pikey on the um, on the cusp of a potential hat trick with Dig Deep. But uh, tune in at 9am, uh, and Dan Cripps will be on the show again. He's going to give us his best every week, um, which you'll be able to get on the Wild West as well. But 6.57am. Uh, 9am SEN track. Terry Layton, Moles Fitzner. Exactly right. Uh, you're going to have to get the Wizard a 1-1 hat too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I might take one out there this Saturday. Yes. I will actually because we've just ordered 100 newbies. So yes. they're uh, they're done. They're ready to go. I've just got to pick them up from Mecca Sports in Joondalup. Dan so Daniel Sadik. D Sadik. I'll go pick them up from D Sadik shortly. And um, yes, I'll take one for W Pike and anyone else that uh, wants to wants a new lid. But BJ, more importantly, the 1-1 is available on all Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other major podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Australia Day trophy at Ascot this Saturday, January 23. Let's get cracking. Mm. We've got a maximum of 27 degrees. Last week was the raging Easterlies and uh, and the... Um, the Didn't play as such, though. No, but... That's the, two in a row. That yeah. hasn't been super... Times were quick, though, weren't they? On the day? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a funny one in that mm. sense. We don't want to just throw the uh, the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to um, our big easterly theories, but that's two in a row where it hasn't been as... It's usually dominant. Like, you can have a, a leader who's five lengths off him that finishes within a length and a half. It's usually worth a few lengths. So, mm. interesting. We'll have to monitor the easterlies going forward, but... Um, look, also, BJ, also, the... Participants, the jockeys and the trainers have would have cottoned onto it as well. So yeah. maybe the maybe the edge isn't isn't as prominent as it used to be. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I actually don't know. I, I really can't. Um, yeah, I can't quantify. It. But all all I know this week, um, going with the rail out at the seven, seven. it's cooler. Um, we've got twenty to thirty kilometer an hour southwest at least. We just got to allow for a completely um, fair track. Early in the day, it can be difficult to make ground as per usual, but um, just a completely fair track. Not even thinking about bias today. Neutral. Well, it's it's warm. It's been warm all week, but the temperature does drop on Saturday. So, but yeah, we're expecting another, another good Ascot surface mm. from Chris Nation and his squad. And um, we should move into race one, this maiden 
the Amelia Park Maiden, maiden. this maiden, the Amelia Park Maiden, um, over 1,500 metres. Looks a nice race for me. It looks like a nice race for, how do you pronounce this? Trisuum. Trisuum. Did my absolute balls, am I allowed to say that one? I didn't know what word to use then on uh, Trisuum last time out. It was it was a funny one to watch. I, oh, he, he, she, she. She was off the bit and chasing a while out. I don't know if she begins all that well, but, uh, geez, she looks hard she, to go past she was, here. She was done in by the race shape the other day, surely. She was. Yeah. You got, I mean, you had Jolly Odd and, um, and De Torca. But they, they sort of – they tracked the fence and they sort of held – Jolly Odd held the rail, De Torca was sort of one off, and it felt like Trisum had to sort of just fan mm-hmm. and, and sort of – and I don't know, that those – when you what did we get? What did it get beat in the finish? Like a, oh, a not, neck? Not far. It was a difficult launching. Watch. Point, uh, point three of a length. Just just that plotting of that path just just proved costly. I think. What I took from that race was Surf Point had the softer run on Trisum, um, and I think Surf Point can run reasonable final splits. Surf Point should have beaten Trisum, but Trisum was strong enough to kick back and run a better um, last couple of splits than Surf Point. So that that run gives it more. Uh, it's a little bit more meritorious and a little bit more credit for me. Blinker's going on, should sharpen her up. Look, at $3.10, she's pretty bare bones. Mm-hmm. I've got her low three bucks. Uh, it's probably the only horse I really want to be on. Um, I thought they might go up a crazy price. Crazy, but they didn't, so I'm not even really entertaining that. But uh, no, BJ, I've done enough maidens throughout the week at all the uh, country tracks, so I'm, uh, I'm a little bit maidened out, and I'm looking forward to the uh, the next eight events. What what price trust on? Low threes. Yeah, me too. I was yeah. 320 Yeah. Yeah. About three twenty, three thirty would be a fair mark. I just, you've also got to worry how much it's. That's I know it's run third, four starts in a row. Yeah, uh, seven starts, five third. I, I think I think she's just going to be an honest battler. She'll run top four, but you're worried about these double horses that um, don't know. They just seem to seem to continually find one better. In saying that, Fiona Bell was on um, the three prior starts and uh, and she went super. So I think the blinkers on good gate. Everything's in her favour. If she doesn't win this, so uh, you've probably got to uh, tap you out. You've probably got to tap out. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So try someone for me. Obviously, Ocean Zara. The blinkers go on her as well. Ha- tried hard, but was no match for Rosso yeah. Tempesta the other day. I'm, I'm assuming. Better ridden cold. Perhaps, but I'm assuming they're going to go forward yeah. from 11 with the blinkers yeah. on. I'm, I'm really not sure what the, the tactics will be there, but it's an interesting one in that sense. And the other major player, I would assume, is Springshaw Lad. Um, yep. Has run third and a second from his two starts. Gate two, Troy Turner uh, is going to get every opportunity from the low draw. But uh, for me, try swim on top. Low, try some th- low, threes, low threes. Try some for me too, but I probably won't be having a bet unless I see four points something on the exchange, to be honest with you. Okay. Happy to stay out and just concentrate on how far this thing's going to win by in race two, BJ. Race two? Race two is the Crown at Perth Plate, and now I'm finally able to have a proper conversation with you because it's deep enough into the two-year-old season that I, um, I'm getting stuck into the two-year-old form now. So this is a uh, interesting one. We First of all, we need to... Uh, I'm sure by this time this comes out, everybody will be aware, but uh, Snipper Rucci is a late withdrawal. When I say a late withdrawal, it was withdrawn probably about 8 o'clock, uh, 8.30 on Thursday morning. But was but was given a price prior to... Was given a price, yeah. yes. Was given went up about $2.40, yeah. uh, $2.05 with one of the agencies. I was pretty happy that uh, Snipperucci was in the race because I priced Snipperucci closer to $4. So I thought that we um, we had the opportunity to get some value around Snipperucci. So with Snipperucci coming out of the race, 
uh, it's taken away a lot of the value which I um, I thought uh, I thought was there. Look, pretty uh, pretty excited about one here. The fact it's now favourite though, I mean, it's not a betting proposition at three dollars ten. I think I think you're on a pretty similar wavelength to me here, BJ. But um, Buster's force. Who who does his setup? Um, mirror from 12 months ago. Gemma Sun. Gemma Sun. Isn't it incredible? Two trials, second one super impressive. Um, and that trial was, it just looked, he just looked like a proper horse. And the second horse, Glacier Miss, he did fail last start. But if you look at his run directly after that trial, Glacier Miss went super. Red third. Um, yeah. yeah, she went absolutely super. So happy with the form from that trial. Um, Buster's Miss has been put away. Um, come back three months later. It's just identical to what Gemma Sun did when um, when dominating and winning on debut. The scratching of Snipperucci means Buster's Force can... Land first four here. I always like to see a horse that's been educated to jump and run. Um, well, as we saw in that one trial, try and do that. And um, it's probably going to lead now, isn't it? Well, it's, it's a big chance, but there is there is some speed in this though. Yeah, um, you're probably going to see Heavenly Waters be aggressive from the outside gate. Michelada first, Simon Miller and W. E. Pike. Um, they're going to be aggressive. They'd love to lead on Gorgeous Gossip if given the chance, and even top of the mountain. Um, Led last start when winning by a clear half length. Um, what about Pontiff? Just ago? like Pont- <laughs> no one could shift top of the mountain for, in its trial, or oh, I yeah. know probably jumped okay on debut, but Pontiff's just gone bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was incredible. Oh, I definitely yeah. didn't have it leading. Yeah. Uh, well, in front for a, a portion, and then yeah. handing up to Amelia's chant. But um, yeah, no, quite incredible. You can you can certainly still get him rolling when he's interested. The Pont, but yeah. um, oh, look for me. The only the only runner I want to be on here is um, is Buster's Force. But um, marking the two year old races are difficult. I marked low eighty percent markets, and uh, with the scratching of Snipperucci, you have to do some mental maths here. I've got Buster's Force around about four bucks, so it's the only one I want to be on. But I, I can't take three dollars ten about a first starter when there's a few other queries in the race page yeah he must be a really nice horse i see that he was 130k 130k yearling and he's by air force blue who's i mean who, who uh, i think he's only stood stood the one year in you know, shuttle to australia only one year so there's not a lot of them around so there might be a bit of a scarcity thing there but obviously this must have been a cracking horse to to be an air force blue um for that for that for that particular price and D Harrison, he, he knows how to get these babies up and running and gee, does. that was a good trial win October 19 with the shades on. I just think Buster's force, Joey has a party, always, always like Joey on a go forward horse. And I think he's just going to be positive. Got, I, I just love the way that every time Joey asked this cult to do something in that trial, he, he responded and mm-hmm. I think he's just going to um, be far too good. And I'm like you, Terry, I'm very disappointed that Snipperucci mm. uh, came out that, that might, this might be an opportunity for us. It looked like we are going to see some seven bucks or so with uh, Snipperucci in the market, which would have been an investment for me and I would have been happy playing there. It's it's hard to come at three bucks, three ten, isn't it, for a first starter off a few months. Um, Unless you know... Unless, unless, you, unless you know, you've got to know, and yeah. I don't know, yeah. unfortunately. I'm yeah. not they in, in this situation. There's no they here, BJ. So yeah. Have you marked the race? Uh, yeah, I did mark the race, but mine was all done with um, yeah. with, with Snipperucci. So taking Snipperucci out, what have we roughly got? Um, what have we roughly got, Busters? I reckon he's, he's got to be $3 chance. You still think $3? Yeah. Michelada's a $210,000 purchase from the Simon Milliard. William Pike's on. Yeah. I think... I think there'll be natural support. Yeah. Uh, we saw the Amelia's chant money. That was madness. Crazy. Uh, in my opinion, that was madness. Um, but we saw that money come strongly. So, look, I, I think, and I often talk risk versus reward. Risk versus reward at the $3.10, $3.20 we're currently, uh, he's currently at. Um, I think 
Yeah, fair enough. Money does come and he starts 250, then you probably know you're onto a good thing. But yeah. if the money does come for Michelada a little bit, the money comes for maybe Heavenly Waters. Um, Top stay- of the Mountain. Top of the mountain, yeah. That uh, data-wise, that was one of the worst rating races I've ever seen in my entire life. So mm-hmm. there won't be any top of the mountain money on that. I wouldn't have thought. But yeah, risk versus reward suggests you, I think there's more reward than there is risk in what you might lose. You might have to take two fifty, so but you could end up. I, I would suggest so. Yeah, I would suggest so. Um, but yeah, I uh, I really was disappointed with the scratching of Snipperucci. Yeah, and then of course we have be optimistic. With a, just a star-studded ownership group there. Good, good name too, I like it. Yeah, no, it is, it is. We're, we're excited about uh, her debut actually. Um, is that one of your uh, um, things got written up on your affirmations up on the wall? When no. you're in your punter's <laughs> cave? Be optimistic, Terry. Have we, have we spoken about those in the past? No, I don't no, know I don't if we have. So. Yeah, there's a few people would find that quite entertaining. Eh? Um, what do you got, there's po- a new posters. one going up there actually. Yeah, there's a new one going up there. It's just going to say one wood. We've got, to, we've got to remember Jared, my housemate. He's uh, very big on that. He works for the budgies, and he's very big on um, he's very big on remembering what your one wood is in life. So, um, what, what's be optimistic? One wood, yeah, running. I think yeah. um, we've got a pretty big opinion to the horse. Actually, we really like her. Um, awkward gait. Uh, she's not the slowest out, but um, look from the gate, I think the plan will be. I'm disappointed Snipperucci's out because there probably definitely would have been a three-wide line, I think, if Snipperucci stays in the race. Mm. Um, but no, I think Sean O'Donnell will just tell him to find a spot midfield, worse than midfield, look to run on. Um, I don't think winning the race is necessarily – well, it's always the aim, definitely, but I don't think it's um, – I don't know if it's a huge possibility. We, we'll need the leaders to stop. There'll be a lot more pressure. there, And there is the potential for a lot more pressure too. Or even a horse like Gorgeous Gossip I'm expecting him to be super aggressive with. If The race could pan out in a way where the leaders chop each other and they're, um, they're stopping late. And look, if you watch her last trial, she was under a pretty good hold from Jade McNaught most of the way to the line. So, um, no, I think we might have a nice little horse. So here, we're, right? uh, we're optimistic. We are. We are. We're going to be optimistic. Jim, I'd love to see. I'd love to see her run a hole so we can go to the Magic Millions in two weeks' time because I think if we qualify, if we're in the best 16 two-year-olds, I'm pretty sure Luke will go there. And, um, 12, 12 under as well, probably a bit more suitable. Yes, 100%. But Luke, Luke is of the opinion she'll be a better horse next campaign. Yeah, well, she's a Blackfriars. It's yep. pretty rare, yep. rare to see them um, up and going at this stage of their two-year-old season. Exactly. So, right. Yeah, something to look forward to. It there, is. Terry. It is. Excited. But, yeah, Buster's Force. Buster's Force for me too. And um, I just... I would feel a lot more comfortable hopping in. Um, now, do you know what's funny? Like I've just given you that risk first reward speech and now with Snipperucci out, I'm thinking, okay, so let's just, uh, I won't spend too much longer on this. I'm more just doing this for my own sake more than mm-hmm. anything. Top of the mountain, six bucks. On data, that has to drift. Yep. That has to start 10 bucks plus. Heavenly Waters was that poor last start. I don't forgive two-year-olds on a bad run. So Heavenly Waters, 650, has to drift. Sneaky chance, 12 bucks. That's... Yeah, from barrier eight, that has to be longer. Gorgeous Gossip can't go. Magical Queen can't go. Snipper Jam can't go. Um, be optimistic. I think we've probably got to start longer, but we might be the one that holds its price at about 11, 12 bucks. Michelada, that's the big one. That's the big one. That's the one we don't know what it's going to do in the market. $210,000 purchase, and the market gravitates, especially on Betfair, to expensive purchases. Mm-hmm. You might remember escalating, BJ, the horse that couldn't walk. We were the owners. We were told this isn't its day. Basically, every day was never going to be its day. Backed every single start because it's a hundred eighty thousand dollar horse. That's was how it, it works. Was it ever its day? No, it was never its day. No. To this day, it's never been its no, day. No, I hope it wins one day for the yes. new owners. Good luck to them. And then State of Power, um, who was a really nice trial, but it's going to probably go back Get to back. last. Yep. Yeah, so that's very hard over a thousand meters. So, so your calculation, the way your mind's Ooh, ticking over I'm here. I'm now saying maybe the three dollars twenty isn't a horror show price here, BJ. Mm. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm the one and the one. two have to drift. It's all about what Michelada does in the market. So. Um, 
yeah, I might, um, I might reconsider that. Now I've had a chance to review it properly with Snipper Richie out, which I didn't get a chance pre-podcast to and, do. And that, listeners, is an insight into the inner workings of the mind of the Perth Racing Group. The, the mouse is running around in the wheel <laughs> in the head. <laughs> Race three, the Devil's Lair Plate, three-year-old, 1,000 metres, set weights and penalties. Madam Torio, mm. all the rage, Martin Allen. Before we move on to the preview of this race, what did you make of Martin Allen's post-race comments last Saturday after time to sizzle? My ginger, man, my ginger man, Terry Layton, said it wouldn't be leading. I can't do, his, <laughs> I can't do it as well as I do Dan Pierce's accent. But, uh, um, yeah, no, we're expecting Dig Deep to be uh, difficult to beat this week. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, Marty got me there. He said time to sizzle would lead. It was a bit – he got handed it a bit. I, I don't think they went to benchmark in a race. We predicted there'd be just speed galore on Nemiroff. Didn't jumble that well. Weaponson was restrained. I don't know. A little bit disappointed by the lack of uh, tempo in that, but I do owe Martin a beer, which I will purchase him this Saturday. But um, look, Madam Torio, she's quick, BJ. My ginger, mate. My ginger, mate. My ginger, mate. <laughs> uh, Madam Torio is quick. Does she cross and lead them here, BJ? Yes. Yes, she does. Yeah. Yep. Shades off. I see red. I see red. Very important to note that. Uh, she wore them in a recent... Uh, trial. He wore them in a recent trial. I did that just so you could correct me. Um, He wore them in a recent trial and um, was obviously dominant over Calag. Even the prior trial to last of the line, obviously that form looks pretty pretty sharp. But Mm -hmm. uh, look, this is really a a contest of... um, Quick horses running quick. Madame Toro out in front. She runs time. When she wins, she tends to win by a reasonable gap as well. Against the up-and-comer in Icy Red, Icy Red, who we just don't know how good he is. And there was a big spruik around in Kalgoorlie. We, um, we backed up the bobcat and got a couple of bob out of her. Him, him, him in, uh, in Kalgoorlie. But, um, look, shades off here worry me a little bit. I, I think he'll be stalking even – potentially one wanting on the back of a horse like Starfield Impact or three sessions. There's a bit of speed down the bottom there. Gemma's son's probably quick enough to hold the back of Madame Tory, I'd say. So that's why I don't know if I see Red gets the back. I'd, it's a difficult map in that sense to to navigate. But look, I'm pretty firmly in the Madame Torio camp here. Um, she just She's just quick and she runs time. She goes well fresh. Marty knows what to do with her. Um, she only gets an extra kilo in her last victory because of the way the three-year-old penalties work. I, I think it's just a really, it's a really nice setup for her. And, and when you've got a horse that just gets the front runs time and it's, she's been, this is, she's just been set up for this type of race. I just think she'll be super hard to get past. So Been well placed, hasn't she? She's been so, yeah, very, mm. very well placed. I mean, the Toscana form obviously held up. You go back, her last four wins have been 1.3, 1.9, 1.4, 4.4. 4. So she's not just one. She's won by um, a fair margin. So I know that Marty's got her wound up. I know she's ready to go. And, um, yeah, I think she can jump to the front run time. But um, 2.30 is as thin as you want to go. I've, I've got her $1.90. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what the market does with potential money i see red i see red and Gemma's son can't look beyond that so first up last prep Gemma's son um christy bennett on board at belmont was a bit of the forgotten horse thousand meter race jump led one convincingly this is different though. this is different yeah so it's, then he went on to um through through a classic belgravia listia guineas and that kingston town classic wrong run was quite incredible considering that i didn't give him mm-hmm. i thought he was a thousand to one and he's uh he's run really well behind truly great and inspirational girl at weight for age but um 
good to see him back. I imagine he'll be. This is a bit. Might be a bit of a prep run leading into like Magic, a Millions. Magic Millions or something yep. like that in um, in two or three weeks' time. Two weeks' time. A big difference, though, I think, for Gemma's son. This is that was off five months that first up run. Yeah. This is off forty nine days from eighteen hundred. How much freshness in the legs? That that's what really really worries me. Class here. also class won't, cult. won't be able to lead and also. Um, also, that day when Christy Bennett led and won, that was a massive leader by his day and he ended up getting given it soft as butter out in front. So, um, yeah, he'll probably be my – at $3.40, probably be my lay of the day, BJ. A bit of an early drop of a lay of the day. Okay. But that could be to my detriment. All right. I, I was just – I was about to make a case for IC Red, IC Red. So do you feel as though Luke Fernie has pulled the right rein here by scratching from Ascot yesterday and coming to this race? Uh, I think with what he wants to do with the horse, I think so. Because Luke's obviously looking at the Magic Millions race in, in two weeks' time at Pinjarra. Um, he's looking at a double with Be Optimistic and I See Red, I See Red in the two and three-year-old events. Um, well, new, Newad might be in as well. Newad, oh, wouldn't that be something? No, Newad's a four-year-old now, isn't it? Yeah, but she, I know, she's three, but she's there, might, three? there might be a race she's there for well there, haven't I? Might be a race there. Well. Yeah, she's still three. Of course yeah. she, she was racing against. When's next Wednesday? Yeah. Uh, when's next Wednesday? Quick, 10 days, Pinjarra. Yeah, Treble for El Fernie. That would be something, wouldn't mm. it? Tell you what, I'll carry on like a pork chop if that happens. Um, yes, I. Uh, so I think he scratched with the mindset, um, let's see how good he goes against uh, a couple of sharp ones. Because I think Marty Allen's going to go to the uh, the three-odd race with Madame Torio too, all going well. Obviously, mm -hmm. Gemma's son will. Um, so I think it is the right move, yeah. See, see where you're at. You've got a really nice horse, see where you're at. Um, I think either decision was a good one, so... Um, really interested to see how well he does go and how well he stacks up um, against a very slick one out in front and as you said a, a proven star youngster yeah I, I, I'm I tipped in the leg up I tipped icy red icy red on top I assumed that Madame Toro was going to be sort of odds on um, so what is she now Terry what did 230 you say? Yeah, was, yeah right so I was what did you, how did you mark it I, I I had out of um, Madame Torio two dollars and I see red three dollars. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Just and just for people that um, BJ does his previews on a Wednesday night mm. for it to be up at seven a.m. and sometimes the way you said it then you described it perfectly. If we're just going to go on and, and tip, we're going to tip all the favourites because they're the ones we think are most likely to win the race. So BJ's saying, well, hang on, I think that I see red, I see red could be $4, $4.50 here yeah. and that with on that represents value. So very, very difficult to uh, tip on and write your previews on a Wednesday night, which I don't think uh, gets enough uh, yeah, enough credit how difficult it is to do so. I heard, um, sorry, to just to finish on that, I heard yeah. Scotty Embry on radio the other morning and he tipped um, Real Charisma yesterday, who I thought was one of the lays of the day. But that's only because I knew that it was three dollars fifty. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'd mark it was a dollar forty-five. I'd marked real Christmas three dollars fifty. Yeah. Scotty said, "Geez, I wouldn't have tipped this if I knew it was going to go up a dollar forty-five. Yeah. You know, I would have happily said this is the lay of the day and tip something else. So very difficult when you're tipping pre-prices. That's all. Just giving a bit of a rev up. Thanks, Terry. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I look, Madame Toria has been faultless her last two, uh, and so she's what she won four of her last. Four of the last five, mm -hmm. going to find the front, going to get conditions to suit again. Uh, I don't know. Do they just keep winning? Do they just keep 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 winning, winning, winning? Um, perhaps she will. I, I, I thought that um, um, if there's going to be a horse that can knock her off, it's going to be icy red, icy red, and and uh, there might be a bit of value attached to his price as well. Nice draw. So Luke uh, Mitchell Pateman will maybe ask Madame Torio to do a little bit to to cross him. Then might. Depending on, I guess it depends on what the programming is moving forward. Does I see? Does Mitchell Pateman want to 
slip icy red, some rain, and maybe um, apply some pressure to Madame Torio if he lands in the breeze. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, outside leader, apply some pressure, see what she's see what she's made of, see if he can bang. Um, you know, um, I guess take take the edge off her in the mid race and turning for home, or whether they're just going to camp off and see if they can um, get the last crack at her. But uh, regardless, I, I I felt that trial was was really really strong mitchell pateman didn't move and then he sort of clicked icy red up and he just gapped him for me that looked like a horse with um actual real turn of foot rather than um sustained speed i'm wondering whether icy red icy red can camp off madame toria and zapper late i'm going to um i'm going to back in luke fernie and mitchell pateman to cause a minor upset and mm-hmm. knock off the uh the leader and uh short price fave madame toria I like it. Cracking race from a neutral perspective as well, isn't it? Yes, yes. It's yeah. The in just the the class of <laughs> Gemma's son as well, and um, is is something to something to consider. And um, as Terry said, he may even be uh, actually. You, you knocked up some, put up some lays on Twitter. Yes, the other day for Ascot, for Ascot, and yep. for Pinjarra, all the Ascot ones. Um, gee, someone took. Uh, I quite enjoy. It. Someone took me four dollars eighty Miss Ivy League and uh, chopped down to eleven bucks. I was pretty happy with that. But yeah, um, yeah no, they all got beaten. I think. Yeah, I think they all got beaten. Only half them get taken, and a lot of people don't uh, chime in. But no, we're going to keep doing it for just about most meetings. I think I might even chuck some up for Esperance tomorrow. Why not? Mm. That's a bit of excitement. Don't forget to add the guru to your Twitter notifications. Exactly <laughs> right. I, don't get me wrong. I absolutely balls a few as well. And you're going to get some good overs. If you like one, you think it'll start short, you'll get some, um, you'll get some reasonable overs. So um, yeah, no, dive in, dive in. Okay. Tab touch, Westby Platinum Handicap race four on the card, 1100 meters. Mm. Uh, I was pretty keen on one here, Terry, but it looks like the um, the market is as well. Yeah. I um, I thought this was a really, really good option for Universal Pleasure. Stefan Stefan Vahala, Lacta Lucky Lacta Romoli coming off a double at Ascot yesterday. Was mm. it a double? Down uh, downforce yes. and interstate. Downforce. I bet King's Authority. That was a difficult I'm advocator at the big price. That was also a hard watch. But uh geez, King's Authority, it's um, looked home, didn't it? Yeah, how many seconds now? Was it were you already in two the two for fifty? Oh, it? you're never in the queue with King's that's like getting in the queue with Mervyn with sixty to go. I thought you, you gotta be smarter than I, that. I thought you might have whacked it in your spreadsheet already. Nah, I didn't no. whack that one in the spreadsheet. No, I knew that uh, I knew that um King's Authority finds ways to get beaten. And he did that again. R- lucky. Indeed, the money came as well for downforce, huge. Oh, yeah. and the money for King's Authority. Yes, it was thirteen yeah. to five. Now the downforce was six to three odd or something. There was a couple so. of good moves yesterday. Actually, upwards, was, upwards, yeah, upwards. Oh, I guess what I was on there. Mellor up at the elevens mm. and uh, Regent Star second and third. I, I tell you, I picked the eyes out of yesterday. Just Hunted didn't well. really capitalise. You know, didn't really. Anyway, punted anyway, well. That's racing. Uh, Jack, uh, Jack Young. His name Jack Young. Yeah, yeah. He, um, I was already on the the wavelength, but uh, Glimmer Girl went in the boat, came out. They left up two sixty in the morning. Uh, Graceful Girl, sorry, yeah. that was a little bit of a an error, wasn't it? The old uh, race one. Yeah, yeah yes, around, yes. Went around uh, about a dollar seventy after oh, the yeah. scratching. Yes, yeah, that was just about your only bet for the day, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was uh, that. I mean, it's easy in retrospect, and um, yeah, you can sing now, but uh, gee whiz, as, as you said, it's a longer price now than when in the boat was in the race. Yeah, like that's. That's that's that gift that goes, Phew. you know that one. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, so should have, should have had more on. So was the early price here universal pleasure? Uh, was that was that a gift? Yeah, I think I, I, 
I don't think it's such a thing as a gift from a small yard, but um, I have found universal pleasure. And I'm, like you, pretty disappointed. I thought this was going to be the price we got today. Yep. thought we'd see some 440 throughout. Um, Brad Bett on his birthday. Happy birthday, Brad. McManus. Yeah, Brad McManus. So, um, unfortunately, on his birthday, he's been putting up the gifts for us, though. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I like that one. No, Brad's done a good job this morning, actually. I already messaged him and said, no, um, yeah, no, no last of the lines this week. 370 last of the line last week. Come on, Bradley. Um, I liked his his form on Twitter. Yeah, that, that he's was very, very good. funny, isn't he? He's very, I, I thoroughly enjoy him. He's one of my uh, preferred uh, Twitter people. A lot of people are getting muted from me recently, actually. I've decided Brad Davidson. I really like Brad. He's mm. got to go. Yeah. I, I don't need a test selector on my uh on my um on my timeline so um yeah, I, I might, I might I, give you it might be a weekly update of who i've muted i see i see brad uh, went head to head with michael, oh. michael vaughan talking cricket the other day i saw that yeah just just a bit much for me i mean yeah it's just just don't need that so have anyway. you been you've been liberal with the muting on twitter like I've been, yeah, yeah there's there's a good little there's a good fair few mutings that's occurred actually <laughs> so you don't have to do much there's actually people i quite like on there as well that have been muted it's just absolute dribble it's <laughs> coming through so um, sometimes you need to just tighten up your feed don't yeah you, you know? exactly exactly right mm. you've got your notifications and then your mutes and um yeah yeah now we'll have a weekly mute i'll tell you next week who who gets the sack don't, but, worry, um, don't worry my father's very close to an unfollow yeah. on, on, on <laughs> facebook at the moment so. i'm really glad me and um, bernard senior are friends that's <laughs> tremendous stuff How he signs off his posts. Oh, I, he's definitely, he gets notifications, not an unfollow. <laughs> I love it. But no, I'm with you, BJ. Universal pleasure. Maps a dream. I would like to see Lactar lead this, to be yeah. honest. Um, there's, there isn't a huge amount of speed in this. I expect Bedouin Bell to muster forward, but at best, Bedouin Bell's a musterer. City Circle works forward. That's drawn wide as well. And um, what's the other leader? BJ? Sir Mambo? Sir Mambo could. A fresh Sir Mambo could roll forward. He's had throat surgery um, since uh, his last run. But um, yeah, look, i pretty confident Universal Pleasure can get the job done here, either from the leading with 52 and a half, which is a gift yeah. for a horse with the most upside. I mean, you look at those run, that run behind Will Chino, um, raided through the roof, pushed Will Chino, and that's obviously Will Chino's come out one by nearly three. That's, and, um, uh, and I think we both tried to – well, we – we thought that Will Chino was the winner. We both tried to make a pretty strong case. I, I, for I had a good, I had a good crack. Universal yeah. pleasure that day, and as I said, post race, I'm really happy with that bet. We yeah. were just beaten by a really good horse. Ginger Knight was six behind it, and Ginger Knight's come out and won last week. Um, I'm not going to forgive myself for the crack out at Talon either. God, what are you? Jeez, just you know, you just before a race, you're like, even though the money came, I got good overs, and that's what I try to do. If I get overs continuously, I don't really care about the result. That's what it's all about. I just, I was disappointed. Mm. I was disappointed myself. Um, but yeah, I just think universal pleasure maps a dream here. And uh, if Stefan Vahala, uh, my uncle-in-law, actually, mm -hmm. how's that? Never met him though. Um, if he has, uh, if he has his horse, if he has her going just as well with fifty-two and a half, Lactar's catch weight, um, any luck or leads, and uh, should be winning. But I've marked a. Look, if this was if this was Cerise and White, I'd probably mark her a flat even money. Yep. But um, look, from the yard, I've had to mark her closer to two ninety. So the two seventy is hard to come at. Might wait for the exchange. Hope for something starting with a three. Yeah, I uh, when I did the leg up last night, best bets ask you to do a mm. uh, a best bet for the Saw pro, that. and I made Universal my best. But that <laughs> was that was with a three in front of it, and uh, which she was this morning. But oh, actually, there's a best. Brad went up four. Four. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, no, Brad went up. Brad went up four, but unfortunately, can't get a huge amount on there. There's um, a, yeah, right, um, three there at the moment. Anyway, is there? Yes. Where up? Uh, Brad Bat. Oh, I'm looking at um, a different agency. Clearly, well, still, even the three. I, I was, I thought we'd, I thought all agencies might give us some fours, but um, maybe that's just what I wanted to see, BJ. Yeah, Stefan Vahala. Vahala. Lucky Rail Ramoli. 
this is the race for you. Oh, I'm, I'm actually with Terry as well. I wouldn't mind seeing them just bounce her straight to the front, own the race, dictate, dominate, mm-hmm. salute. Yeah. Well said. Summarised? Yep. Sweet Strawberry is the only other horse I want to ask you about. Dominated. Smash laugh for roller a couple back. Didn't get going the start after. And then last time out, Clint Johnston Porter went plus 10 to the turn. A very odd run. Back to 1100. Do we need to have a chat about Clint Johnston Porter? Uh, where's out, he? Where is he? Out of form. Yeah, he's not. He's not in his best nick. I, I haven't done my jockey stats for. I went through my stats last night. He's, he hasn't ridden many winners at all. Well, I'm going to go through this week. Um, Jared, nice sitting down. We're going to go through my data from 2020, and I'm going to try and get some Clint Johnston Porter stats because I think I was overrating him. Um, M. Pateman traditionally has been my best jockey to punt on by the length of the straight, um, but I reckon CJP was probably my worst to punt on because I, as you know, I gave him that big plug, and I probably um, well, but yeah. He, he, Let's see if he, he can started, reach those levels. He started the season absolutely on fire. Him mm-hmm. and him and Chris Parner were matching strides early in 2020, 2021 without the Wizard in town. I think CJP might have copped a couple of untimely suspensions and those sorts of things, but he's definitely riding uh, a touch below his best at the moment and his st- st- statistics suggest so as well. Room for improvement. Yeah, so what you were saying about Sweet Strawberry is when... 99 lengths above benchmark to mm, the uh, to, to the early in that 14. Was it's better with a sit? <laughs> and it was a 1400 meter race as well. Come it was on, it was um, and then the ra- that was a race that was won by Cryptic Love, uh, last of the line running on cousin Ivan came from last flashed. Come um, Salaya. Yeah. So uh, you're right. I, I'm expecting sharp improvement from Sweet Strawberry as well with uh, those um, very kind William Pike hands on board. It's time for our Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition. And um, I have to dob myself in that I actually had to look up the run sheet to see what my line was there. So, um, BJ, what do we got? I'm ready. Never gets old, Terry. That's right. That's right. The Mundaring, it's been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you get a chance, if you're heading in that direction, drop in and see the publican, Ian Butchie O'Connor, Say g'day, let him know you're a 1-1 listener. Feed, flutter, froffies at the Mundaring. It's a terrific spot. Got the new deck happening. Good to see. Butchie's big dick. (laughs) 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 That was attempted with the Kiwi. That that was meant to be with the Kiwi accent and it just came out a bit. That was just a bit too strong. That that was an I, not an E. Anyway, BJ, what have we got? Butchie's big deck, yeah. Deck. Congratulations to episode fifty. Congratulations to episode fifty-nine oh, mastermind winner Jason Matthews. He's now a dual mastermind winner. Congratulations, Jace. He, he got all questions correct last week. A one hundred dollar gift voucher to the Mundaring is in the post now. To be crowned this week's mastermind, you'll need to answer the following three questions correctly. Number one, I reckon you'll get this easy, Terry. This is this is your wheelhouse. Who rode field division to victory in last year's Batavia oh, Sprint? That was that was one of my biggest fills for the year. I absolutely declared that because I, I was following and following. First up, I actually backed field division at, I think it was triple figures Betfair, and it was a moral beat. And that was a horse that if I didn't get a fill that campaign, I would have been very upset. That's why I whacked the question. I knew it brought back good memories because we're being optimistic. Still optim- not 100% we're, I've got it right. We're being optimistic confident. on yep. the uh, podcast today. So question number two, name that you might, this one might and we're test. Gonna be, we're going to be be optimistic and brave. That's right. This one might test you. Name mm. the high quality mare, high quality, that knocked off Wrinkley to win last year's Australia Day Trophy. Mm. Good horse. Question number three. 
which of these jockeys hasn't won a race on the mighty Fabergino? Hasn't. Jared Noski, Troy Turner, or Freddie Kersley? They are the three questions for this week's WA Racing Mastermind. Please submit your answers via direct message at the 11pod on Twitter, and you can be in the running for that $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring. Terry, I can see your answers. Oh, I'm just struggling with the, se- I, the second one. I should be getting in a heartbeat. How am I not? How is it not coming to me? I can always remember the race. No, nah, I'm going to have to just, no. Nah. Rink- was it at Pinjarra last year? No, no, this is at, Astra- at Ascot. Uh, Wrinkley second, Lord help me run third. Um, it'll come, yeah, it'll come I know. To you. It'll I know come it to you. Two from three for the guru. So, um, uh, yeah, get your answers in, people, and, um, yeah, and support our sponsors up at the Mundaring Hotel. Oh, that's, that's going to frustrate me. I'm not going to be able to concentrate for the rest of the preview now. Um, okay, it'll, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. Race five, the Iron Jack Handicap, 1,600 metres. Now, you're a, uh, I guess, a beer connoisseur, Terry. What's, tell me what Iron Jack is like. You're, you're on. No, it's... Uh, no good? It's, uh, I haven't had too many Iron Jacks in my time, to be honest with you. So uh, it says crisp Australian lager there. So, yeah, legendary. Um, legendary. Mm. Well... Bit of Barney Stinson about it. Wait, <laughs> wait for it. Uh, look, this is a uh, complete and utter for me, for me, for me, for me, a tourist race here, BJ. Um, we're going to look at numbers one and numbers two. We're going to look at Cousin Ivan and Comfort Me. I think we've got the horse who maps a dream in Comfort Me. Could lead it. I, I know they're teaching him and they want to teach him to um, – to take a sit. So look for him to potentially take a sit on the back of a surprise leader in Brutus Maximus or no apology from the widest gate. It uh, led once last campaign for a victory. So wouldn't surprise me to see some good aggression um, from those two who I think will go well enough leading in breezing potentially. But comfort me should be in position A. Um, and Cousin Ivan's obviously very hard to miss. Great trial, huge behind cryptic glove when bumped at the top of the straight, which I don't think that's a part of the race. You can really uh, underestimate and understate how hard it is to pick up from a heavy hit um, as such. So got, got something about him, this horse, isn't he? Yeah, he, he certainly does. So for me, this comes down to very simply, you've got Comfort Me with the map, uh, the quieter run, and then you've got Cousin Ivan um, who will run the quickest last 200 and has W Pike going on, and this is the type of horse that W Pike gets lengths out of. The worry with Cousin Ivan is perhaps um, second up last campaign, um, was his first campaign too. He was a touch flat, so perhaps um, nice fresh run. Second up, some concerns. Look, I, I went into this racing. I'm going to find comfort me here pretty comfortably, but I can't split them, to be honest with you. I've marked them $3 a piece. It's that simple. Um, I just think this will be a ding-donger between the pair of them. I've been waiting for Brutus Maximus to lead a race as well. I really have been, but I just think this isn't the right one with comfort me right in his hammer. But um, look, one of the pair win. I think Cousin Ivan runs a quicker last two. It's just how close Pikey is to Craig Staples um, at the top of the straight. Mm. That simple. That were the two for me as well, although I had Cousin Ivan marked shorter than uh, comfort me. I think I had cousin. You know I, I said cousin, cousin Ivan, three dollars in you my know market. Price that Green Tab went up. They must have put. Hopefully, Brad's listening. They must have put Brad in charge at uh, <laughs> Green Tab. They went up, and I'm going to tell you a few prizes. Whoever's doing Green Tab today had an absolute nightmare, and I didn't unfortunately take advantage of any of these. Oh, five bucks. I think went up five bucks, but I think you'll find that's significant overs. Which horse was that? 
cousin Ivan. Uh, five dollars. Yes. Wow. Wait till like we get to race number eight. And I'll tell you what price they went up there. So stay tuned. Exciting stuff. Cousin Ivan, for me, you are correct, Terry. There has to be some sort of query second up mile, fifty nine kgs after a mm-hmm. slashing first up. Sometimes they can go, but I feel as though cousin Ivan's performance was as good as, or not that, not that inferior to last of the lines i thought they yeah i thought the runs were almost identical in in terms of merit uh and last of the line came out last saturday and uh, as all expected he he won like a good horse um cousin ivan w pike bit of an upgrade there sorry fishy but it's true um yeah jesus i just think he's just gonna be really that trial win and then the way that he steamed home first up uh, holly taylor's got this horse back in excellent order I think um, if he's close enough within striking distance, letting down underneath Pike, I think he's going to gobble him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my big worry with Cousin Ivan coming back this campaign was he got the 12 points for that Aquanita win and that was that Aquanita was a glorified class one. You know? yeah. um, he did it tough and it was a really nice win. I just thought with those 12 points, he's not going to be competitive in these types of races. But seriously, is a nice horse. And um, look, I, I'm going to lean. I'm going to just just for just so we can argue about yep. one and have a point of difference. I'm going to lean for the map horse here and the horse that I you just trust. You know how he's going to go. So I'm going to lean to comfort me, but um, I'm very happy staying out. And I will back the drifter. I'm happy to back either of the pair. If Betfair throws up threes and fives, I'd actually get my money back on the three and um, back the $5 pop heavier. But I find that highly unlikely. That'd have to be a good move elsewhere. One horse I want to mention who, Who's that? who I reckon we're... Is it Saucy? Saucy. Oh. Saucy. There's, there's an earn to be made out of Saucy at some stage. Mm. Good last start. Uh, good, very Cole, good yeah. last start. Could lead this too, actually. I had it leading. Yep. That's what I was about to say. Yep. But maybe they're just waiting, waiting, waiting. But this horse is going to win a race, and it's going to win a race at double figures um, sometime soon. Could, look, be a bit, could be a bit of a jack out of the box. Yeah, could be. Could be. So saucy jack, just, just put that in your black book. Who's uh, Ben Owens? That's the only horse. What do you do know much about Ben Owens? Is he a I know he's been around, been around for a while. Is he... No, I think he's just 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 a hobby trainer, but he's mm. he's had a winner or two along the journey. But he's he's been, had a trainer's license for at least the last ten or fifteen years, I would okay. have thought. But um, what do you think when you retire, like moving to the country and becoming a hobby trainer? Moving to the country, <laughs> <laughs> gonna train a lot of horses. I, I've often thought about that, but it's the um, it's the four a.m., five a.m. get ups which concern me. So I'm thinking about training him at about two p.m. <laughs> so I don't think too many horses will be putting their hoofs up to come to my stable. But uh, no, I'm thinking that when I'm a Oh man, I might yeah, train a rower winner at seventy five, I think. What do you I reckon? like it. Yeah. I like it. Very optimistic. Train him in the thick sand. See if Arthur Mortimer can teach me a <laughs> thing or two. <laughs> we should move on here. Saucy Jack. Anyway, it's it's gonna win one soon. Just yep. just be told. So uh but yeah, for me, uh Terry's comfort me. I'm cousin Ivan, head yep. to head. We'll see how we go. Yeah. Race number six is the Western Race Picks Handicap. Shout mm. out to Simon Merritt and the team at uh, Western Race Pick. Do a tremendous job covering uh, the West Australian thoroughbred industry from all angles. Top job. Hats off to to them. We salute you at Western Race Picks. This is uh, this quite an even bunch. There's uh, quite a few horses putting up their hands as winning, genuine winning chances. What did you lean towards, Terry? Because I know that you – we spoke about – was it off-air or on-air where we spoke about Queen's Take – Queen takes king and the slashing run, and you you had your doubts about um, just how how 
significant the run was and maybe it might have been a little bit overinflated um, and which might result in a bit of um, overbetting at its next start out. That is, is bang on, basically. Uh, I still mark Queen takes King favourite. It's it's progressive. Pike goes on, maps well. Um, it's, it's more just about the fact that uh, I saw one article, it might have been Jay Rooney, who uh, wrote that it's the uh, the big horse to follow, the, the big eye catcher of the meat. But if you look at the run from the top of the straight, I mean, you've got Beat the Bro, Fire Sale, who won yesterday. Um, you've got those two horses in particular who held up the entire straight. Absolutely bold. What was, what was Graham Ballantyne's horse in that race? That see, your, see Your Champ. Yeah, sorry. See Your Champ was another that was... Um, Is that the horse? Yes, yeah. that was another one that was uh, held up and then... Look, I think you'll find that the run was made to look a lot better because Brad basically went the shortest way home, then pulled out at the top of the straight. He rode it. It was a 10 out of 10 ride. It was entitled to finish um, where it did. I think Queen Takes King um, is definitely uh, is definitely the one to beat with W Pike going on, but I think something close to the $354 mark is a is a fair price rather than the, the mid-twos that we are currently seeing. Um, I'm happy to put a line through our idol. I'm going to take her on. I think she was, again, the beneficiary of a bunch of horses stuck behind her last time out so i'm just happy to completely take her on a lot of these we can lob in the bin there's just i just i just think a lot of these probably can't win the race and there's one that comes up for me a, a big price here and this is probably my my value better the day and my the one i'm probably excited about having something each way on and that's pam bella um, Pam Bella, three of her last five. She's a 64-rated mare. Three of her last five have been in 72-plus, 78-plus, and then the Ascot Gold um, Cup, the listed race. So she's been racing way out of her grade, carrying way more weight than she should have been. It's It's been very odd placement because there has been suitable races around for her, so I don't know what's been happening there. Um, whoever two back went deep throughout in a 72-plus. Again, she's carried... Eight, four more kilos than she should have done that day. Um, her effort when sitting deep behind Fryrest, I thought was really good. And then last time out, her run against Queen Takes King, there was nothing in it. Yeah. Queen Takes King is flash for fourth. Um, she was on the back of rivalry galore, Pam Bella was. Didn't take her into the race. She's got, got wide. Got speared almost, didn't she? Exactly yeah. right. A near identical final 200 metres. Lactar, good gait. Uh, I think she's jumping really nicely. She just hasn't been able to utilise that. Low um, weight. Her big failure is the start three back, uh, but that was over a staying journey when she carted up the rest of the field behind Aragain, who t- tore away. Yep. I think she just popped that day, and I'm willing to forgive that one. Uh, even her previous run, I thought she went super behind Tollman. She's run ninth. Out, out of her grade, well, yeah. 78 plus. She was at the time a 66 rater, so she should have carried six kilos less than she did. Look, she just she just really ticks a lot of my boxes in that sense in a race. I don't think it has much depth. Um, I've marked her a clear second favourite at around five fifty. So at the eleven dollar mark, BJ, um, we're pretty happy having something on each way here. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I can see exactly where you're coming from, a soldier. There, Terry Pambella was in. Um, I've got to mention in my leg up as well. Again, it was sort of similar to that um, last of the line, cousin Ivan. You know, significantly, you know, the different margins and different finishing positions, but similar merit to the performances. And mm-hmm. I think you can say the same for Pam Bella and Queen's Ta- Queen Takes King. One cut the corner, Queen Takes King, never had to lose momentum at all, peeled, went bang, um, just launched a miss. Whereas versus 270. Whereas Pam Bella was awkward, corner, speared, balanced up, and really attacked the line with ferocity light. So I can see exactly where he gets in with 53 kgs, in-form apprentice, and Neville Parnham just keeps training winners at the moment. So, yeah, yeah, that's a um, that's a good find there by the guru. But for me, I uh, this horse has been very um, costly to follow, especially his last two preparations. But I think this is the race for Sowar. 
Third up, 1,800 metres, nice draw. Is going to get put to sleep by Sean McGrady. Comes out of two really, really strong Great Southern runs, even though he's been a beaten favourite. The runs have been uh, full of merit with, with weight. Carried um, 64 minus three for Christo Sardellic mm-hmm. at Albany. Made a sort of sustained run um, and just out-muscled a little bit late by Big Butterboom. How's, how's that, Big Butterboom? I backed that. The maiden that ran second in. Yeah. I had a big go at the 30 to one and then it comes out wins. It's one of the last three. Yeah, it's Things, come out and it's won three in it's a row. unbeatable since then, but uh, it would have been nice if it was one start earlier. Like, we're actually just touching on that. A few people messaged me afterwards saying, winner for you, beauty. Did I give? I gave it a knock, didn't I? Basically, I tipped at the previous start, and obviously a few people have followed up. I wasn't smart enough, but jeez, uh, that's frustrating, isn't it? Yeah. Because there's no reason, because Winifred already had the run over the 2000, so there's no reason it should have taken an extra run to peak. It's just, just, it's all about, I say with punning, it's all about a sense of timing. It's mm-hmm. just a little, on Saturdays, and it has been for a while, it's just, just a little bit out, my sense of timing in that sense. But um, anyway. A great game. At least somebody had a win from it. That's right. That's right. At least the listeners got a bit mm. of a feel. And she saved her racing career, I read. Oh, okay. I didn't Apparently read that. She was, she was, it was a must perform, otherwise she was heading to the breeding barn. Yeah, right. But that's what I read anyway. So or to Camp Barn Lodge. Or winner, winner for uh, fights uh, for another day of mm. racing. So a um, bit of um, perseverance pays off there. But for me, perseverance hopefully will pay off again with Sowar. So if you've been following this this four-year-old as closely as I have last prep and this prep, I reckon this is this is the day. This is the day. Drops to 57 kilos. Is going to get the right run in transit. The blinkers come off and the winkers go on. Um, I just, just think with stable jockey Sean McGruddy in the saddle, right, rising to the 1,800 metres, Sowar is going to loom. Bit of a bit of a knock on him whether he's got that that sort of um, killer instinct so or but I, I'm prepared to um, pay to see whether he does on Saturday. So I might so or four dollars mm-hmm. uh, equal favorite with Queen Takes King and um, currently about four sixty five dollars you can get so or so that's the way I'm going to go. Looks nicely positioned from barrier four and if you go back to the. So was last run against Queen Takes King. Um, they very similar weight differential, and uh, it was a far superior run to Queen Takes King, who was ridden a treat by from memory Jared Noski that day, and it was Brody Kirby on um, on So War. So, look, just uh, just on that one there, and just on that uh, comparison, uh, So War has to be a massive, massive player here, and um, he's got the potential to turn into a pretty nice little stayer if they can uh, make him get that winning yeah. little. He just he needs just, that. Just needs a taste, doesn't he? He just, just needs, needs a, a taste. taste. Yeah, yeah. he's going down the king's authority path a little bit at the potentially minute, so. potentially mm. yeah yeah so yeah and um oh there was one other one i wanted to mention very quickly uh over 30 to one cable guy i'm gonna have the tiniest bit on uh okay. 51 kilos good to see keshaw duran who has been an absolute uh, money maker for us in the country it's good to see keshaw duran finally um getting a gig in the city here it's Did his he? first day riding in the city i'm pretty confident oh, right. i'm pretty confident that's only from, oh, from uh, on a sad day on a yeah, saturday right. yeah it's yeah. his first day riding on a saturday and um cable guy's form has been pretty ordinary but um look there isn't a huge amount of speed in this and it's not a complete impossibility to see um, from barrier nine then go to the top. And if you're going to the top with 51 kilos, I always want to have something on. Okay. That's just how we punt. So um, not expecting him to win, but over 30 to one, I've marked cable guy 19 bucks. We can have something very small on. Okay, sure. Cashore, but Pambella each way, probably my favourite bet of the day. Okay, so well for me. Race seven, the Australia Day Trophy. Deep. Here we go. Mm. 1,500 metres, it's another $100,000 race. The guru is licking his lips because he has the second fave. Dig deep, the people's horse. The champ, he uh, he will be chasing a third straight victory, having taken out the Easingwold $100,000 race two weeks back. The feeder race into this, 
Um, most people will be aware that Son of a God was three and four deep the entire punching in that particular race and still held on to finish 0.7 lengths behind Dig Deep, who did enjoy a more favorable passage in transit. So it's no surprise that when the markets were released yesterday that um, the market significantly, significantly favored Son of a God to uh, to turn the tables and, and make amends for having real no real luck in the easing world last start, Terry. Yeah, I... Um if well, I'm going to be doing my lays shortly. Um, I would be making at that price. I would be putting up five fifty, six bucks dig deep, expecting him to trade seven, eight dollars late type thing. I won't be doing that though. Obviously, we won't be laying the champ. Um, but um, look at if you are going to back dig deep, and I, I would highly recommend if you, especially if you've had a fill at his last couple of runs. Sometimes you've got to know when it's time to um, sort of uh, cut the cord from a punting point of view. Know uh, when to fold him. Yeah, I've got I've got him seven dollars twenty here. He's currently four. 20 look I, I think we might even see above that on betfair which will mean i'll probably have something small on but um look, we were somewhat confident in his last couple um this just doesn't look the setup it's just very simply son of a god if he holds form the milliards going again now there's no real way that son of a god should be getting beaten with normal luck um i'm not diving at a dollar 95 by any stretch of well the even money which is just uh flucked to on my screen in front of me but look even if something does go wrong with son of a god do you know the horse who now gets the weight swing probably the jockey upgrade and probably stalks dig deep to some degree and comes at him late and who's had no luck and that's luke's, luke's gold. gold so if the race does eventuate that it does turn into a race for the back markers. Luke's gold is probably the one that can get past Dig Deep too. But the one thing we mentioned before, the one thing we touched on before, is that the big fella has some real fighting qualities and that's something you can't quantify with data and you can't quantify um, in a racing sense. So um, look, from a punting point of view, I'll be staying out of this race, but I'll be obviously very, very uh, passionate cheering for Dig Deep because if he can do you, win, do you honestly, can win do you honestly week, think he's going to double in price bet fair late? I think so, yeah. Really? Yeah, I think we'll see. I reckon you'll at least see 650, 660 late. At least he's four twenty at the moment, so I reckon you'll at least be seeing something very close to seven bucks. So late. who's son of a god trades a dollar eighty, right? Dollar seventy eight, dollar eighty type thing. You're talking yep. that's 60 percent of your market. Yep. Laurentino holds price. That's seventy percent of your market. Luke's gold. I don't think gets much above ten bucks. That's eighty percent of your market. Um, Red publisher. She's a light. They don't go too far out. Um, so yeah, you've got to fit, dig deep into your remaining ten, twelve, fourteen percent type thing. So mm. that's what I think will occur. That's what I think will occur. But um. We'll find out. Definitely a better price late. Okay. If you, if, if you were going to back him and he starts shorter than 420, I'll pay the difference. <laughs> <laughs> That's how confident I am that this is the lowest price he will be throughout 420. So son of a god. Looks yeah. looks the perfect setup for him, doesn't it? Certainly it? does, yeah. Do you know the horse who I think is going to improve and I'm surprised he's at the big price? I do. I've seen your leg up. So. <laughs> <laughs> Abdicator. Yeah, um, the stable's known for the uh, – basically a horse will get beaten a 1,000 and then come out next start and win by four. was the horse yesterday? So Excel, Excel R8. Excel R8. Yeah, so that is that is their strength. Uh, Mitchell going back on. I yep. think it might have been a trial last time out. But, um, no, look, I uh, I can see where you're coming from there. I'm just going to grab my price for, uh, for Abdicator here. What have I got Abdicator? Yeah, I've got Abdicator $21. Hmm. Purely on the trust I have with the stable being able to improve them so, so rapidly. Um, and you're currently talking. Let's look at the whole price. You're currently talking eight dollars a hole, mm. so you're probably running for third or fourth there. I'd suggest, but might, um, might be like what you mentioned before. One start might be a one start too early setup for Abdicator, but at his best, he's a class horse. He just popped. He popped on a 
sort of strong tempo the other day. I reckon he's um, Darren McCullough will have got the got the work into him. Uh, Mitchell Pateman going on is always a, a benefit for the, this type of horse. Impressive racing, Mitchell Pateman, good combination. I think Abdicator is well over the odds, and he could be my could be a little bit of madness oh, later he- in the show. I dare say we might even be uh, aligning on the madness there. But um, if you go back um, through some of Abdicator's form, it was it was against the good horses yep. in, in the weight for age races. And he, he wasn't disgraced by any stretch, uh, the imagination. So, uh, look, if you're looking for a speculatory um, little play there, I think there are far, far, far worse horses to back than Abdicator, especially when you're getting nearly 10 bucks for a top three hole. Good Ascot, 1,500-metre profile exactly as well. Right. So. Moving forward. Second up last campaign was six beaten, uh, six out of 13 in a Hyperion, so pretty good form. Yep. Race eight. Uh, oh, sorry, before we go, I was um, I was 220, son of a God. Do you think I'll cop that? I was what? even money flat, but I could have had him. I've told the yeah. lads I could have had this $1.50, to yep. be honest with you. So um, I'm staying out. Nothing's going to – I'm not I'm not interested what happens here. I'm purely putting my owner's hat on here. Mm-hmm. Might have a little abdicator spec if I'm feeling um, – Adventurous. <laughs> Didn't know what I was trying to say then. Race eight, BJ. The Morley Growers Market Handicap. Um, interesting little event here, which will bring together uh, your 60-plus rated gallopers. Um, the For me, the uh, the draw in this event has made it with Tommy Blue drawing 14. Uh, how have you got the speed map looking here, BJ? I thought they might... Look to be positive with inflation first up. Come across yep. from 11, uh, work forward. Tommy Blue can tag inflation across. Inflation finds the rail in front eventually. Tommy Blue outside leader. Similar to position to what William Pike and Tommy Blue found themselves in from gate seven, second up at Pinjarra last start. That's my map. Um, did you have anything else wanting to lead? Nope. And mm. not only that, so we often say – so. We often say oh, oh, there's no other leaders in the race, but do you know what about this race? There isn't any potential yeah. speed in this race. Pro consent first up, carrying the grandstand. Mastering has led over race, so that's one. Okay, that is potentially one, but didn't jump very well. Stormy Ruler, Luke's Choice, Apollo. Grand Design has gone forward from one. I think they'll be happier with a sit. My laner is questionable past 1,000, so at 1,200, they obviously won't be going forward. Absolute alien from Mars they, and Regal Poise. There's no, there's no speed. There's, there's no, speed. there's no potential for speed. Um, so Tommy Blue should be finding the breeze. If you not remember rail. that. Remember that time where we we thought Grand Design was immoral and Joey Azevedo um, led on it. <laughs> Grand Design is never ever going to be called immoral ever 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 again. I've he's gone in the uh, she's gone in the bin. Yeah, for me. So yeah, they're, they're, uh, yeah, exactly, Terry. There's no there's no pace, so it has to be a inflation attack with Tommy Blue. And if inflation doesn't attack, then Tommy Blue might even be able to sort of could scoot be. across and she find the rail in front. Yeah. She could do, yeah. There's a fair run from the 1,200 metres to the first turn. Um, she was sort of slowly away first up um, when she had a little bit let up. And then at her most recent outing when she found the breeze outside Klondike Kenny. Uh, yeah, which now, formed, talk about no speed. That was yeah, a- well, exactly right. And uh, I thought she absolutely savaged the line and went super there. But... Um, yeah, she wasn't even she wasn't that quick away then either. It was just the fact that she was able to muster and get there, which she should be able to do again here. Um, but yeah, the, the jury's out. The jury's out from that gate. I think uh, I've marked her three fifty, so the three thirty around at the moment is is pretty accurate. But um, one fluck I wanted to tell you about Mickey Blue Eyes, who uh, old Stevie Wonder could have seen how big uh, Mickey was at um, at uh, his wa debut um i think most people would have marked him an equal favorite a second favorite a, you know very heavy in the market the green green tab had gone up 10 bucks 
this morning, BJ. Unfortunately, not quick enough to take advantage of those type of numbers. But I'll tell you what, if, if we could have got a hold of the 10 bucks, we would have done some... Um, We've done some bad things to the ten dollars. I reckon you'll find each way, BJ. Um, absolutely, the eye catcher of the day. Um, just about um, hasn't won for a long time. Eight hundred and forty-seven days. A typical Jan Jemmy purchase. Um, geez, they just keep wheeling them out, don't they? From over east, other people are trying and bringing horses across, and did a lot you go of the back, time they don't turn up. Did you go back through up. its early form? I did, yeah. It ran, ran in the McKinnon yep. that trap for food. Yeah, no, it's the the num the the names are there, and the main thing, the main reason I went back through its early form was to see if it could jump. It's got yeah. barrier four here. I'm like, where are we putting it? Can we put it one one, or do we have to be further back? And Mickey Blue Eyes has shown the ability to get out the gates okay. So while we don't necessarily want to use the gate too much, we want to still you keep that you, big finishing burst. You kind of have to, though. Um, I think you kind of have to in this type of race. So um, yeah, look, Mickey Blue Eyes has to be hard to beat, but the one. That's come up as a bet for me. I've marked uh, Regal Poise, uh, $5.50, $5.80. I've got it in front of me. Something around that mark. Uh, 11, 12 bucks is currently available. Prior form to last run was just okay, you know, moderate, okay. Big things here, apart from you got the form stable and Danny Morton. He hasn't got too many runners at the moment, but they're all just running big races. Chrissy Parnham is the form jockey in WA comfortably at the moment. You've drawn barrier two. But just purely, purely, purely on her last run, I – Doing my replays the other day um, for Pinjara on the 14th, nine days ago, that is one of the more just, – just one of the more – unbelievable runs I've seen. Sean O'Donnell got caught for – the stewards actually reeled him in about it because the ride was that questionable, yeah, I guess questionable, is the word I've got yeah. to use. Um, so she sat four deep the trip, no cover, in absolute no man's land. He's sort of gone, oh, I've, I've cooked this a bit. Then on the turn, instead of just continuing on with the run and going wide and letting her run on, he's tried to jag back underneath horses and she was bolting. He's jagged back underneath horses um, and then found trouble in the straight again and it was just – it was just one of the most amazing. He actually said when asked later, um, the stewards asked him, he said, I didn't quite realise how much horse I actually had underneath me. It was just... Mate, there is paragraphs in the stewards there report is, about yeah, this ride. It, there is, it was... Yeah. Oof, it I, was it, like he had a jetpack on and he didn't know what to do with it, was it? it, was, it was oh, inc- yeah. The horse was just ready to absolutely explode. Uh, yeah, it was, it was one of the more incredible things. If you haven't had a chance to watch the replay, listeners, Regal Poise at Pinjarra last night, it was... Uh, the only thing I'll say I don't think you, you... Yeah. You like, won't be able to not back her if you watch it. That's exactly. the thing. From the gate with Chris on in a race without a huge amount of depth after the top two, I just... I can't find a way not to back her yeah. purely on that run. So... Gee whiz, she ran the third quickest last 200 of the day despite Sean sitting up and finding trouble in the straight again as well. Like her run, if you purely just look at that run, she's favourite here from Barrier 2. Like, like I don't, if you I just don't, look at that run. I don't want to like rub salt into the wounds here of Sean O'Donnell, but he's kind of lucky he didn't get in a bit more serious trouble like it was it's a Barry Crocker yeah it was it was a it was it looks like he's, it looks I mean this will sound wrong but it looks it, like he pulled it up it looked like an old fashioned yeah. sort of uh, it looks like he said oh this yeah. isn't winning today yeah. like going um, yeah I yeah I think in days gone by that, that could have a, a, yeah. attracted a significant inquiry so um, and oh, yeah, message, and yeah, yeah. That's, it was, it'll be the worst ride of 2021 if it, yeah it was, well it's 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 the um, number num- one seed at the moment isn't it yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be hard to go past, i tell you what. But uh, look, 11 bucks each way. Um, her previous form has been okay and only okay. Like we sort of th- thought that's how good she is. We can see that now. But um, yeah. look, trial was good. 
First up run down the straight was okay, and I'm happy just for getting straight runs. Some horses, and I don't think she's the type of horse because she likes covering to explode late. Yep. Um, but just just on that run, Chris Parnham, Danny Morton, Barrier Two, fifty four and a half. After Tommy Blue and Mickey Blue Eyes, I I haven't got. I just haven't got anything else strong in the market. There's, no, um, there's nothing there, is there? No, nah, look, each way all day at 11 bucks. I'm, I'm really, really, really happy having a pretty good each way bet here. Um, so that's me. Yeah, I'm I'm a pretty much in full agreement with you, Terry. Even though I tipped Tommy Blue in, in the leg up, I um, doing the form, going back through Tommy Blue's three-odd uh, three performances, peak ratings, on on her best, she j- begins well, sort of looks to control the race from on top of the speed, and has got so much class that she's just has to be the the horse to be, especially with William Pike on the saddle, and especially with um, coming off that, just how strong she was at the end of that race at Pinjarra the other day. In saying that, though, there the runs are being spaced. There, um, there's obviously there's something not quite right there with this particular horse, and has come you know, has come up. Well, actually, the three forty is 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 short is longer than what that's the currently available. Sorry, list is is longer than what I had her, but um, but yeah, she 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 goes on top for me. But like Terry, I thought Mickey Blue Eyes and Regal Poise were the the two horses that could upset the apple cart. Two of the um more eye catching runs you'll see Mickey Blue Eyes and Regal Poise. I do have a philosophy question for you here, oh, Terry. God, I love philosophy questions. Mickey Blue Eyes mm. now. Went back through that race. It was it was such a good run because it was against the grain of the, of the of the whole way that that race panned out. I think everything that ran first, second, third, or fourth either followed the rail or was close to the rail or whatever. And um, Mickey Blue Eyes was was uh, back wide around launched. Now, did Mickey Blue Eyes perform so well? because he was ridden cold from gate 13 and ridden like, let's get back and run on and we'll get him next up. And then what does that mean when then you ask the horse to begin from gate four, use it a bit early to to hold a position? Did the horse go so well because it was ridden so carefree last start and then the day that you want to actually put it in the race and attack, will it still be able to finish the race off with the same venom? No, very simply no. Horses have not not many horses can do it from um, from both ends, as we uh, as we often say. Certain horses, I believe, every horse. And one of my biggest things over the journey has been every horse has its own set of characteristics. Not many horses will lead a race and then come from last and win a race next week or next campaign. They've got one strength or the other. Going back through Mickey's uh, form and history, I think Mickey Blue Eyes' strength is definitely being ridden with some patience. So you'd like to see him use the gate, but you'd also like to see him. You'd like to see Sean McGrath probably just come out and just be a happy horse in 6th, 8th, even if it's 10th, even if they do have to get further back than they probably initially anticipated. Just on that run as well, it might be a little bit similar to Queen Takes King in the fact that if you look at the horses running on behind Excellent Dream, Luke's Choice, Felion Machine, uh, Maricino, they were all looking for gaps on the rail. None of them got real, a full head of steam up on that rail while Mickey Blue Eyes was kept quiet, dead quiet run, pulled out late and was entitled to run on um, as as he did. So, And, and also with these cast-offs, like Ganjimi racing targets these Eastern States cast offs, but they're being cast off for a reason. Like the 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 form is poor, and being beaten forty three lengths at Donald suggests that something's not quite right with this horse, right? Exactly. So right. so that means that when you when you look after them early in races, they've got and they're happy. Like you said, they 
can give you something late, mm-hmm. but then when you apply pressure to them early in the race, do they succumb to that pressure and fall apart late, or do they? Uh, is Mickey Blue Eyes, you know, is he strong enough to be able to handle that and still compete? Well, I think in an individual case, we don't know. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people will be happy speculating on the fact that they want to take on Tommy from the gates yeah. um, with question marks and the fact that there's no real depth to this race. As I said, Regal Poise comes up an easy bet for me, and that probably shows you how little depth there is to this race. So you can speculate on the visitor, um, and that's why we, we've both marked. You've got a Mickey Blue Eyes four bucks. Yeah, yeah, I was five dollars second favorite. Yeah, five dollars. So I'm four dollars yep. thirty. Mickey yep. Blue Eyes. So I'm not. I'm not far away with you as well and a lot and of that is Re- just- Re- regal poise was um was seven dollars third yep. favorite yeah yeah so i mean that's yeah that's where we're at in that sense but um yeah I'm, I'm a firm firm believer it's why i actually didn't mind a horse called advocate yesterday didn't win the race i believe if pikey stays three wide line probably does win the race it was won by down force um advocate was ridden leaders back prior start and had been ridden closer all campaign and it just it, it's not for me how advocate does um her best racing her, yeah. um how advocate does her best racing so with pike on from a wide gate with a track that we thought was going to suit horses off speed um <clears throat> i was pretty um, she could run a race and while she was beaten a long way she was held up the entire straight and you knew she was bolting so it was the right tactic it just didn't work out on the day so horses have individual characteristics um, not many can go and lead and then come out a week later and, and come from last the ones that can do that are pretty nice horses mm. wouldn't mind sharing those they're pretty brave they are anyway BJ enjoy this preview thus far it's a, it's a good betting card a couple of good each by plays but do you know what I'm going to enjoy the most it's the Get Out Stakes, BJ. That's the S T E A K S. Just had to close my eyes to spell that out. Uh, the Get Out Stakes. Who's the Get Out Stakes brought to us by? Brought to you by, well, the extremely popular Get extremely Out Stakes. Extremely popular. Is brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth. Located, you can find Market City Meats at the Canningvale Markets, Bannister Road. So drop in Timmy Hewitt and his team. They run the show. Swing past, um, stock up. Bloody outstanding uh, setup they've got out there at Market City Meats. Timmy and his team, they'll take the best of care with you. So, and all your small goods needs too, Terry. So, congratulations oh, to episode 59 winner, Russell Keegan. Got on here, Russell. Mm. He's been... he's been Kevin's uh, brother. He's been... Mr. Coach Newcastle. He did, yeah. Man City. Striker, Kevin Keegan. Kevin Keegan, yeah, he was. Played for Liverpool. Wasn't there like a Kevin Keegan video game? Don't know. I reckon there was. Kevin Keegan soccer? Don't know. Yeah. Surely he doesn't deserve his own Google, video Google, Google, Google. Yeah, well, I reckon he did. Okay. Um, Russell Keegan, he has been trying for a long time to win the Get Out Stakes, and he finally saluted with um, on last week's edition, episode 59 of the 1-1. So congratulations, Russell. I hope you uh, enjoyed those succulent gourmet steaks from Market City Meats. Now, to enter... How'd I go? Is there Kevin, a- Kevin Keegan, player manager. Yes. I used to. I didn't mind a bit of football manager back in my day, actually. She was called championship manager. I used to play for hours on end as probably a 13-year-old uh, youngster. I used to absolutely love my EPL. I reckon it was a... It was I wouldn't a, watched a game in five years. Nintendo, Super Nintendo. Yeah, game. it looked Super Nintendo. Yeah. A bit blocky. A bit blocky, yeah, yeah. a little bit Paul Wilson-ish. So, hang on. You were an EPL fan? Who was, who was your team? West Ham. West Ham. Yeah. I've been blowing bubbles, BJ. Pretty <laughs> bubbles in the air. Did you go to a West Ham game? I did go to a West Ham game. Also went to a little bit of a very quick story for yeah. me. I lived in Blackpool for eight months as a youngster and um, just working in the bars and um, seeing which women would talk to me. And I... Um, playing, were you playing county cricket or...? <laughs> no, I wasn't playing county <laughs> cricket. None of me flags are in England. Um, but we went to... Uh, we, made, we became friends with the Blackpool football firm. Fairly rough old bunch. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, we made sure if they came in for a drink, they always got an extra shot of vodka or this or that, just so they didn't beat us up. Mm. And we went to a game with them once, and we're going through the doors, and we had the they gave us their Blackpool scarves and everything. And they're like, all right, lads, like like you see in the movies, put these around your head. And we're like, what? And they're like, yeah, put them around your head so they can't say who we are. And I thought, oh, geez, what's going on here? So, um, luckily enough, we left straight after the game and didn't get involved in the uh, whatever they went to go and get involved in. But what you see in the movies and what you see and hear about, it's, it's bang on. Like it's it's actually what occurs. You reckon like, they would have? They playing there. They they said we're planning to kick off. Like they're yeah. texting each other. Yeah. Like the whatever team they were playing, Preston North End, I think they were just like planning where they're going to kick off that night for a, it's some scuffles. Yeah, but, just for a scuffle. Yeah, yeah. good buddy. Where are we? Where are we uh, kicking off tonight? Yep, sounds good. No problems. See you there. Incredible. Yep. Preston North then came to town one end in the uh, one day, and um, the firm rolled through Blackpool, just smashing windows and stuff, <laughs> like just just terrorizing the town. Like it's, yeah, it's a different mentality. <laughs> they I love a, I they it, love a scrap over there. They, don't they do love a scrap. They love yeah, a scrap. They're a fighting do. island nation over there, yeah, aren't they? They are. love it. So, if getting back to the get out stakes, if you want to enter, please let us know who you think will win race nine at Ascot on Saturday. The winner, decimal winning margin, two decimal places preferred. Send it to us at the one one pod. On Twitter, you can be in the running for $50 worth of gourmet meat from Market City Meats. Remembering, Terry, the Sam White rule. First in, best dressed. Correct. All right. The get out. Get out stakes, BJ. And we have the quickest, quickest horse over the 1,000 metres in WA. I'd suggest Mervyn might have something to say about that. But um, over the first 100, we've got dreams is uh, an absolute speedster over the short course. Really intriguing map here. And there's two ways... I think you can decipher this map. One, that we've got dreams will cop a bit of pressure um, and have to work pretty hard to find the top. That's because of Cramden in 10, like Captain Kink in 9, Tranquilla Sunrise in 7. Uh, I don't think we need to look any further speed-wise. Speeding, speeding Comet. Speeding Comet and Pearls and Prawns on there, David. I don't think they're capable of going with those few. So if we've got dreams can get across, and um, especially with Cramden and Tranquilla Sunrise, the two chasing... Geez, they'll act as fairly large old roadblocks, won't they, for the remainder of the field? Um, I think it's a great claim by Michael Lane to put Maddie Derrick on top. And look, I, I don't really think we. I don't need to go much further than that. I'm, I'm happy having a pretty good investment. Um, we've got dreams. I've marked her in the twos. She's currently low threes. I think she'll be the supported runner. The only other horse I've marked under ten to one, and I've got Captain King five dollars twenty. Yep. So um, we saved this morning at eight nine bucks, still seven fifty um, type thing around. It's it's a really easy play for me. If you say you're talking a seven unit bet, it would be six units. We've got dreams and just the one on Captain King to get your money back, and um, they're the two up and comers who are just speedsters over the thousand meters. Um, and I don't think we need to look any further. Um, oh, I have, I have, Hang on. I have one theory yep. that I need to, that one thing that I will be doing this entire prep is I'll be back in speeding comet every start for the win only late bet fair. I think we'll see some 40, 45 bucks late. She'll win one. I'm um, just going to make sure we're on when she does. So yep. just a very small spec speeding comet at any price. So you mentioned those two horses. Yes. Now the market, has found like a Jaguar very strong 360 370 at the moment not for me just out of curiosity what price uh 11 bucks okay like a Jaguar I think Chrissy Parnham has ridden her pretty well um all campaign I'm still yeah I'm still coming to terms with with uh associating him pretty well sorry I'm still coming to terms with associating like a Jaguar as a 72 plus horse if that makes sense um but he's a 72 Raider in a 72 plus which I always love 
to see his maps pretty nicely. Look, if they overcook it, he's the one that will probably land and, and, and could go past them. But, flying, um, flying like a Jaguar at the moment. Yeah, just, fly, just going okay. Just not fly. I don't know. I don't know if For, for him. Yeah, for, for him. him he's, yes, for him. Exactly right. He'd been up a while now. Um, Neville's. He's, he's fly, yeah, yeah, he's, he's good. Too, he's so, good yeah, I can see it, but it's one I've probably got a bit long in my market, in all fairness. But, um, yeah, it was never a horse I was going to look at here. Yeah, no, he's... he's um, He's longer than oh, – I'm pretty keen on We've Got Dreams as well. Gee, that uh, lead-up Lark Hill January 11 trial win was explosive. Kiri Yule just made sure that We've Got Dreams got the workout. She required on that particular day. Michael Lane's obviously got this mare breathing fire. She's beaten much better fields than this. We've Got Dreams. Maddie Derrick, don't panic. Just just keep her where just she's roll. comfortable. Just roll. Just roll. Even if you have to be – Two and a half wide the whole way, or whatever it is. Just she did that last campaign yep. with Kira Yule on when beating Badger Courage. She the one that race. She's just just, uh, just so fast. Yep. Uh, we've got dreams. You're right. The claim fifty-seven kgs. Uh, yeah, like good, good luck if she, if she gets out and is in a rhythm, like in full full head of steam up, swinging into the Ascot straight. Good luck, especially if 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 she's got a full head of steam up and Tranquilla Sunrise and Cramden, who hopefully gets out the gates this time, are gasping, um, if gasping, gasping for and stopping. Like she could have three on them, yep. and everything's coming around them and having to make sustained runs. Like, yeah, good luck. No, she looks your um, yeah, she looks. She looks like she could go on with it as well. Captain King, the value for me as well. Yep. I, yep. I had him. What price did you say he was? Seven, seven fifty now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I had him sort of two seventy to five bucks type thing. So yep. um, I was fairly opinionated that the two four year old uh the two four year olds were the were the ones to beat. I both had, I had Captain King and Like a Jaguar both six dollars. Okay. We've got dreams three dollars. Yep. So um but for me I think this is uh this is uh, we've got dreams should just dominate these I think and Captain King really good horse um, and Brett Pope winner at Ascot yesterday I think that yeah, was his first in a while he did we had something on that when the track started playing that way you had to be on like when it was suiting horses coming wide I had something on at the eleven bucks I think it traded five bucks come yeah, down it was which was low. understandable yeah um, which was understandable but um, yeah we uh and Mitchy Mitchy Payment had to get every last well, ounce. He certainly did. What was coming at him safe late? To make oh, up. I, I laid that too, safe to make up. So yeah, it was coming at him late, safe to make up. But um no, Mitchy Payment dug deep and um yeah, he got the best out of him. So it's the first time he's won away from Pinjara. Fire Fire okay. Previous wins were all at Pinjara. Well, he deserved that. He's been a bit he's been racing well without luck. So mm. and maybe this is the um just what Brett, the Brett Pope yard needed. The catalyst. Good word mm, to springboard you. them into twenty twenty one and a successful period here for the uh, Pinjara base yard. So that that's it. Race nine. We've got dreams. Strong. Very strong. Okay. Time for our Betfair best betting proposition of the day. Guru, what did you come up with? We will go with We've Got Dreams in the last. Um, yeah, I think it's the one where the, the value is still there. Um, I like backing quick horses that run fast, fresh. So We've Got Dreams in the last. Something starting with the three. Bob's your uncle. Gary. Gary. Gary, get on. Get on. All right. Uh, my best was Universal Pleasure when I released my preview this morning. The price is sort of uh, underneath my quote at the moment so it's 270 so the the bit of meat on the bone was sort of snapped up pretty quickly but i still think universal pleasure would be hard to beat but from a betting point of view i agree with terry my value runner from the uh, price that i assessed it to what's available currently in the last we've got dreams of top weight 
All right, and BJ, what's your Mandy? I feel like I'm <laughs> big chance of stealing your thunder here, Mandy was. That's right. So we're going to go Maddie and best bet. This best betting proposition of the day the same. But my Maddie yeah, is that's a, that's a first. It's my Maddie is uh, abdicator. Race seven, number two, on his very, very best form. Um, that forty-one dollars is is madness, insane, really. And um, I think that might even sharpen up closer we get to start time. Yep, the uh, the eight dollars a place in particular there is actually a price which um, probably comes up an actual bet. Uh, just to mix it up, I'll go with Cable Guy. I'm going to have something on Cable Guy. Was that all Speeding Comet? But I've got my best in the last already. But I'm going to follow Speeding Comet every run going forward. I think there was major excuses last start, but um, yeah, Cable Guy, Kesh on, especially if they're aggressive with fifty one. Um, his best form probably wins it, but uh, it's probably a bit of a stretch to expect best form, but. Keshaw has been good to be in the country, so we're going to stick with Keshaw. BJ, what's your lay of the day? My lay comes up in race six, the 1800-meter race, number three, Queen takes King. Currently 280. I imagine it's probably going to hold that position. It's probably going to have a two in front of it, especially with Pike on board from a good stable and flashing lights, first up run. I had her, um, her I think Queen takes King, uh, $4 chance. She's 270, at the moment, so she's my lay of the day. Uh, Jemison, I've got Jemison, seven bucks. Don't think it's a long enough freshen up post the 1800 metres to go with um, one very quick horse and one very promising horse. So um, Jemison, around about $3.30, $3.40 will be my lay of the day and there will be a stack of others, BJ, which will probably be up before the podcast goes to air. Flashing red lights. Flashing red lights. I love that. I love that. I'm not very good at the emoji game. It takes me forever to figure them out, but uh, I'm big on that one. The hardest part is when I want to lay that many, trying to fit them all into the right, into that many characters. So I have to sort of abbreviate this and that. So anyway, um, there will be a stack of them. I'm, um, I'm pretty excited about this, mate. Okay. That brings the preview for episode 60 to a close, Terry. It certainly does, BJ. An enjoyable one once again. Um, We've got our uh, our vegan risotto to look forward to. I meant to have that before, actually. Mm. I'm a bit bit late on the vegan risotto, but we've got that to look forward to now and uh, we're going to mull over some 1-1 racing colours for uh, for Brave New Hat. Um, I'm going to be out there on Saturday and one thing I was going to mention earlier in the show, I didn't get the opportunity to, is BJ and I are looking to, I mean, we only sort of, well, I can only talk from my experience, I only um, sort of got given the opportunity to get a gig with Betfair and, and probably encouraged me to punt full time um, from being given an opportunity. And that was with Chris Nelson at Perth Turf Talk. Um, he gave me the opportunity to write for his website, paid me next to nothing. Actually didn't pay me half the time, to be honest with you, but it <laughs> enabled me to get my name out there and that led to other opportunities. And as I said, gave me the confidence to, to back myself in and, and take this on full time for the last four years or so. But what we're trying to do here on the podcast is a lot of Twitter army. I, I like a lot of the stuff I read on Twitter. Um, I really like the stuff I've seen from Tom Johnston lately um, and what how he uh, explains what he wants to invest in for the day and he puts up his units and his selections. But um, I've seen a lot of people um, – there's just a lot of youngsters who I think have uh, got a lot of potential and um, we'd love for one of them to join us on the podcast maybe as soon as next week. So we'll chuck up a little post on Twitter yep. perhaps this afternoon, tomorrow. Um, we'll ask people to tag in who they reckon. We'll have a bit of a chat to some people in the know and um, who might know them and um, I, I hope that uh, next week we can get some fresh blood on the podcast and uh, see uh, give the Twitter army a voice. Yeah, I'm- Part of the vision for for what we when we started the one one is is it's 
it's everyone's racing WA racing podcast. We we are just uh, we're just, we're just enthusiasts who who love sharing our passion with people, and we try and welcome as many people into the fold. And if that means providing young people in the industry with a platform to to showcase their talents, whether it's tipping or broadcasting or or just their love of the game, then I think the one one is a terrific platform to be able to to do that. So if you'd like to um, come on and and talk WA racing with Terry and myself, then we'd more than We'd love to have you on board and uh, and grow our one one roster, Terry. Exactly right, the roster. Mm. Yeah, that's spot on. So we'll have you looking to have Lockie and uh, and Britt and and Scotty and Michael Heat not again in, and Peter McCormick in uh, in coming weeks and months. We look forward to just basically cycling through the roster. We Pete Anthony's. We love to hear from all of them. But um, yeah, flick us a message if uh, we'd love to get some fresh blood in. Mm. The, um, fresh no, blood. I'm, I'm really quite excited about it actually. Have a, someone with a big strong opinion as well. Mm. Someone who likes to a little bit. We love a bit of a opinionated i was gonna go with opinionation is that a word it's why not, not? A word. yeah it can be today opinionation. but um flick us a message uh dm us uh at the one one pod or come and say hello to me um you out there this saturday unlikely unlikely i'll be out there this saturday come and have a chat and um i'll buy you a beer and um i reckon that'd probably lead to you getting a gig pretty pretty quickly <laughs> i reckon so um come and have a chat to us this saturday or um or flick us a message as i said good luck with the weekend's racing enjoy your australia days and until next week on the one one Thank you.